Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Transmitting live from Planet Margate. This is episode nine of Buddies Buddies featuring Bree and Gaz, a.k.a. Brigitte, Aphrodite, and Quiet Boy. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Buddies Buddies. Thank you infinitely for joining me uh, on this. Well, usually I give you a weather rundown, but as you can maybe tell from the reverberant nature of the reflective surfaces in my current surroundings, I'm not outdoors. You can also hear the dead giveaway, which is there's no sea in the background. I could have added it in, but that would be fraudulent, and I'm not trying to pull the wool over your eyes now, am I? So, um, yeah, this is this is from the labs, this one. Uh, in all honesty, uh, I, I took the easy way out. Um, I saw the kettle, I saw an empty cup, and the potential to make a cup of tea using these objects. And the idea of going outside in the cold at this time, again, leaving it a bit late, I'm a good few hours away from the published time um i'm sorry i took the easy way out and i made a cup of tea and i stayed indoors i know uh it's 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 lame but um the cup of tea was pretty fantastic if i may and uh i hope you understand my choice and my path and uh yeah i i like to think you would have done the same if you were in my shoes so Thanks for bearing with me on that. Just wanted to come clean while we're at the introduction stages. So yeah, there's that. Um, thanks so much for listening last week. If you if you managed to catch the episode with Huey Gavin, aka Jackal, aka Margate Vocal Studio, and uh, founding member, director uh, of the Social Singing Choir, I'm a big fiend for all kinds of musical background origin influence talk all that kind of malarkey that's well up my street so um yeah it was a real it was a real pleasure to to it was just a pleasure to record like you know being being the actual seat interviewing somebody about that kind of stuff or like you know chat chatting with them about it is um yeah real real 
pleasure and an honor so yeah thanks Huey and uh, yeah nice one if anyone's uh, you know checked in on, on him if you haven't heard of him before I uh, hope there was some goodness in there that inspired you to dig into the back catalogue and um, and maybe you caught the show as well he supported uh, Low Raw so yeah me and, me and Mrs Peace were in full attendance in all honesty I hadn't heard Low Raw before either but um, by all accounts he has some music on uh, a very popular video game which I think a few people turned up uh, on account of uh, but yeah it was an amazing show um, re- really lovely music and uh, yeah Huey killed it uh, he's, he began with the song that he ended the podcast with which was great to hear that was like the, the first one up top and then um, yeah there's a, f- a few others that he mentioned on the podcast as well so yeah re- real nice and I, I, I do believe they're going to be um, in town in Margate the the social singing choir that is uh on saturday so this is going to be going out on the 29th um so tomorrow which will be the 30th of november uh be sure to check them out because yeah it's going to be a goodie they're going to be doing all, all kinds of uh moshi moshi choir related action so yeah ensure you peep that uh, if you get a chance. Um, but yeah, back to the matter at hand, which is today's episode. Um, I am joined today by Bree and Gaz, aka Brigitte Aphrodite and Quiet Boy. Yeah, it was, it was such a nice chat. It was, it was a long one, so be prepared. This one goes pretty deep into a lot of, uh, a lot of matters surrounding the work they do. Uh, essentially, they're, they're musicians and, and they make well, they make music, they make plays and uh, theatre productions. Um, they do a lot of tutoring, s- songwriting, composing, all of that stuff. Like they're like two proper, like mad prolific artists, and um, it's just so creative. And you know, ideas brimming over their voluminous brains, and it's so inspiring. And and I, I just I find them to be so kind and generous as well you're hearing this um like we when we're talking that they're, they're very it's a very green lights kind of attitude they have you know there, there's some as usual there's some some questions that i sort of fumble over a bit or whatever but yeah they're never sort of like what, what are you talking about they they, they kind of go with it and then like make good things out of some of the you know sort of run-on sentences that i tend to <laughs> tend to wrench out but yeah it was um it's just so enjoyable to to have a nice long chat with them um i haven't known him for that long i've probably known him for about a year i'd say but that year has been ace because i've spent some time hanging with them and and seeing them perform and it's a, a real treat and it's um very powerful sort of punky diy aesthetic and yeah i mean yeah we, we go into all that again i'm trying not to give away too many aspects of the chat because i mean that's why you're here i'm not going to just synopsize the whole damn thing for you now am i so um yeah i mean I, i'll leave i'll leave that to you to find out but let me just give you some pertinent news regarding shows. So um, in the chat, we talk quite a lot about the Parakeet show, which w- when I saw it, it was uh, what they called the Parakeet Experience, um, which was basically like it was like a sort of music run through and they had some playback from uh, one of the uh, actors in it and uh, some, some of the cast. And uh, it, it was... Uh, like the um the edinburgh show was coming up not long 
after we saw that sort of work in progress show, which was elsewhere. And since, you know, obviously since then it had been entirely fleshed out and finished. And uh, so, if, you know, if, if you if you didn't get a chance to see the Edinburgh Fringe show or even the Elsewhere show, the, the work in progress, they got a couple of shows coming up, which will give you uh, the, the perfect chance to see the whole kit and caboodle. So, um, yeah, there were two shows coming up on Thursday the 5th which at the time of this podcast going out is going to be next Thursday. So Thursday, the 5th of December, that's the Goldbenkian Theatre in Canterbury. One show is at 1.30 and then there's a show at 7.30 p.m., uh, both on Thursday. And then the following night on December the 6th in Margate at Olby's, they're going to also be doing Parakeet as well. So yeah, if you're if you're in Canterbury or Margate or in between or surrounding or nearby or even entirely out of town and you just want a nice road trip with a very cool show at the end, do the damn thing and get to one or all. There yeah, a couple of good chances for you Kent folk to catch the catch the parakeet show. Yeah, really really looking forward to it. I'm definitely going to get down there for the Olbies one. But yeah, uh as always, without giving too much away, like this, this is a a wide ranging chat. There's um, um, there's some good talk on creativity, influence, uh, education, the arts, culture. Um, you know, there's some mental health stuff in there as well. Uh, it's it is quite a important factor in well, at least one of the works that uh, Brian Gaz did, which is um, my beautiful black dog, which we talk about uh, a bit later on in here. So. Um, yeah, it's always always fascinating to see how people work through those kind of issues, and um, it, you know, ho- hopefully there are some paths that you know, if if it's something that yourself or someone you know perhaps is going through, maybe there are some some ideas, and you know, maybe there's some sort of light that can be thrown on on some sort of paths in in navigating through it. Perhaps I hope so. But yeah, uh, it's like very open and honest, and uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it was a real, it's just a really lovely talk, and you'll hear how warm and open these two lovely people are. So, yeah, you may already be a friend of theirs, but if not, you are about to become fast friends with the creators of Parakeet and more free and gas. We are in Bree and Gaz's front room, aka Bridget Aphrodite and Quiet Boy. Yeah. Of oh, yeah. Margate. Bree, renowned for being a punk poet, musician, writer, theatre maker, feminist showgirl. Accurate? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gaz, multi instrumentalist, band leader, hat appreciator. Where's your hat today, Gaz? Oh, no, where's my hat? It's I know right. you it's for wearing berries. 
Yeah, I actually it's very need... off-putting. <laughs> Shall I go and get it? Would it make you feel better? Bree's wearing a beret. <laughs> mine. Okay, I'm oh, wearing Bree's right. Is that right? All right, everything is now out of balance. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. Um, I'll start with you, Bree. How are you doing today? Please <clears throat> tell me. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks, buddy. Awesome. Um, it's lovely that you you're in our living room. Yes, yeah, my, my first journey to the the headquarters of the Bree and Gaz laboratories yeah. it's, it's a nice opportunity to hang out so that's yeah. good yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i mean it, there's tons that i want to catch up on like because you've, you've just done a big thing which i'll get to but like, i want to catch up with you about that before the buzz of it sort of wears off and you're on to the next ring but anyway we'll get to that guys how you doing yeah wicked man yeah very nice. good to see you, you too. feel yeah i do feel more at ease now that i'm wearing the hat buddy yeah. <laughs> i don't know what that is what yeah. is that about I, I mean well i'm wearing a hat too and that <laughs> I think I fell into the hat game by accident. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I, I feel like it, it sort of pulls my thoughts. It kind of condenses everything in my head together a bit. I feel like if I don't wear the hat, I've got these thoughts that are just shooting out and this keeps them all in one place. That's amazing. I'd never thought about it in that I much time. I don't know how true that is either. I, so sounds, cool. like, sounds like bullshit actually now I think hats are a multifaceted thing they keep they keep you really warm like yeah. really warm and you need it in Margate very and they true. also look fabulous so they can formalise a very unformal outfit like Gaz is wearing pyjamas but he's wearing the hat yeah. so it looks like a look no it's totally true <laughs> yeah you're wearing like the most relaxed looking of pyjamas yeah. but the hat is now like it's tied everything together yeah thanks man. Bridget your outfit is now looking Drab. Disheveled. Drab. <laughs> Drab. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, I'm very happy. So thanks for joining me on the hat podcast. So uh, favourite hats got <laughs> no no no. It's, it's really in. Yeah, cool. No, no, that's good. I'm glad I'm glad you are now comfortable. We have a nice balance of hats and non hats. How but how did you two meet, please? Um, so we is met. This, is this a story that you've had to try out quite a lot? No, 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 no. Actually, we don't get asked that much. Um, nice. We we met at uh, drama school. I was in uh, a foundation course for East Fifteen Acting School, and, and Brie was in the main uh, BA Contemporary Theatre course. But we we sort of like knew of each other, and I think that I was just basically, I sort of like fell in love with Brie and was like yeah. really fancied you for like. Oh, months and months but Brie was the super cool one in school <laughs> and um and then I ended up leaving East 15 acting school uh because I was in a band uh yeah. and we had some opportunities that that were really exciting was uh, East so East 15 is uh around like Essex way is it is like, like East like East 17 yeah it's like that kind uh, of yeah it's it, where is it East 15 uh East 15 is in um Debden in Essex but uh, the East Fifteen the is it Stratford, I think, is it? Yeah, the so that's where that's where it came. Uh, I think that's where it came from. I think it's Stratford postcode. I think, okay. um, but it was named after that, so it's confusing. It's not it's not based there. Right, but, right, right, um, right. but everybody calls that that drama school E Seventeen, okay. um, yeah. like the band. Yeah, so everybody yeah, yeah. gets confused, including my mum and dad. Yeah, for the first yeah. <laughs> Um, it, like it totally defines <laughs> your age group. If you know E seventeen, it's like oh, I think I know what age you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a kind of it was a drama school that is known for its method acting and like people get naked a lot and oh, and stuff. Like and it has like deep stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, and also like 
funny. Like like their courses seem to be full of characters. It seems yeah, that yeah, they yeah. take the that they've always seemed to be known as that. And um like fam- famously character. like Ruby Wax went there and got kicked out or dropped out. No, I'm not sure. Damon Albarn went there. Damon Albarn went there oh. and he dropped out or kicked out. I'm not sure. Oh, um, uh, behind them, yeah, yeah. And so, Gaz so, went there and and you didn't get kicked out, but you <laughs> left. And you? I, I probably would have got kicked out eventually. <laughs> so I dropped out before the kicking out. Actually, <laughs> okay. um, the yeah. So we met. We we met and and kind of got together. It was kind of on your last day before you left. Yeah, it was really, actually. Yeah, it? Wow. So that was like fourteen and a half years ago. <laughs> so it was yeah. long. Oh, even scary for yeah. long. Yeah. I just I remember that I'd just come back from a razor light gig. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> that was how long ago. <laughs> that was like Razorlight first album, <laughs> Stumble and Fall. Razorlight is a band that like, I I know their album covers, but I just I can't think of anything they've done. It's like it just glided past my consciousness. I mean, that was a bit of a fine. snob back then. Though I was like, <laughs> you know, don't listen to pop music or like chart stuff. <laughs> I think that snobby dickhead. I remember like Razorlight. Razorlight are an awful band, but. Are they like Muse? Uh, I feel like they were lumped alongside. No, they were sort of more. Yeah, maybe they were like they became sort Keen of a stadium band, didn't they? But that first album was the was the one album that had the songs in it. So it had Golden Touch, which was actually a really a good song. So- pop mm. song. And I think that then it just kind of went downhill from there. I want to cut in and, and, and this is Golden Touch. By the <laughs> that's a that's a that's a pro move. I need to do <laughs> it. All right, I'll edit that in later. So you, yeah, so you. Um, how long was the course? Like, so you say you you got together yeah. like on the last your ah. last day, or so I was actually there for a year and a half. So what happens is that my course was only a year long, yeah, and Bree's course was 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 three years long, and okay. Bree was on the actual theatre contemporary course, and I was like on the the foundation, which is the year where the drama school is still trying to decide whether your talent is enough to take the three-year course or not. Oh, okay. Or you're yeah. deciding whether you and to you're go, go into yeah. theatre or not. You might, they might, they normally take people that have kind of quite multifaceted of like, yeah. yeah. want to go into acting or theatre yeah. making. But, but, be, but to be yeah, true... off to do an art degree or something. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But in truth, I was, I'd was i actually gone on to... I was there for a year and a half, so I'd, I'd just gone on to the three-year course when yeah. it happened. So it was such a massive... It was such a massive decision because there was me and three of my mates who were also all in the same drama school, in the same... Uh, no, not in the same year, but in the same drama school that we all, we all dropped out on the same day, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, wow. To sort of be in a band which uh, was called Louie and it was like a punk band and it had less of energy. Was, did yeah. the, um, did what acting or like did what sort of, what studies you had under your belt, did that come into play with the band? Or like, yeah, massively. Yeah. It, I feel the, like you can be a, like if you have that stage persona, then you can go quite a long way. Like if, if you're just learning, you can just, you can be an awesome musician, but be really timid and it's like, you yeah. can't carry it off but if if you not that you didn't have musical talent but like no, if you we didn't <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I feel like I led you down that problem. no but I mean like if, if if you if you're like a really captivating stage presence and you can go a really long way with it I was I was unable to play an instrument at the time so actually to be honest it was actually that's bang on like I was um <laughs> I was a lead. I was a lead singer in that band, but I shared the lead singing duties with my best friend Jordan. So we were both just two lead singers that would jump around the stage. 
just going absolutely crazy but it was like and 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 the rest and the rest of the guys actually were very good musicians to be honest but me and Jordan just couldn't play a note but I mean that that at the time was like the expression was everything so I think that band was the best part about being in that band was the live was the live energy that we would put out and it was that sort of like that sort of like feeling of punk of like sharing sharing that feeling and energy and that expression with an audience so me and Jordan really were just we were just basically being like the audience yeah like on the stage yeah yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. no it makes sense like you're you're almost like performing for each other and like goading each other and to kind of and that was kind yeah. of why it worked yeah 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 you know? how do you receive the audience feedback like do you look at a few people or do you look at the whole or like how how do you gauge it for me as, personally yeah yeah for me, uh, or like in a, in a band, as opposed to yeah. like the, the more theatrical stuff. I actually think that it's really changed over the years. Like obviously now it's a lot different because I'm doing theatre. So just the obvious difference of um, of like a theatre audience all being sat uh, watching, and you, you, you're more you're more sort of like I'm, I do look at the audience a lot, and in the theatre audience you're more just like okay, are you? Well, your arms aren't folded, so I think you are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and obviously, yeah. like with punk, uh, like very much like it was based around if somebody's jumping up and down with yeah. me, then it's like, Inst- great, I got you. Yeah, you like, yeah, like instant. Like you can't. It's like, or like in in comedy, it's like you don't fake laughing. So if somebody says something funny, then you laugh. But if 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 you're bombing and there's no laughter, then it's like, yeah, ah, the feedback here is not good. This doesn't look good for the rest of my show. And yeah, so the, the bombing will just carry, carry on, on to the. The logical conclusion yeah <laughs> and then you need to go home and rework that shit hard <laughs> yeah 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 have a cry and oh. rework that shit hard so true so true Brie, have you ever have you ever done comedy like do you, is that your your game or um i did actually when yeah. i first started writing songs i was getting booked for comedy and cabaret nights. Yeah. so i did start my uh brigitte aphrodite career on comedy stages yeah. and so oh, okay that's yeah, so weirdly, but I mean, I wasn't, I think people enjoyed the songs, but it wasn't, you know, I suppose my mum my says I've got funny bones or my housemate yeah. says that you're funny, but you don't realise when you're doing, being funny. No, but I don't, in... I'm not, I can't do jokes. Yeah, well, like no. my dear, my dear, incredible, like talented stand up friends when I see them and <laughs> they've worked really hard and they're sharp. I try and do jokes and they're not. They're not. They're not really jokes. <laughs> you know. I, I know what you mean. Like that funny, like funny in the bones thing. Like I've heard that on like because I I've listened to tons of these comedy podcasts and like or just comedians just yammering about comedy or whatever. But like there, there's a th- real thing about um, if you're funny in the bones, it's like you 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 can tell like you're not making an effort. It's like like what what would be funny to say in this bit? Like it's just you just you're not making an effort to do it. It's just there. Yeah, I suppose, and or just the part of like trying to be fully yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. on stage, I think I've worked at that without like hating on myself, and so that can make an audience maybe a bit feel relaxed or yeah. or like they're in safe hands. Yeah, but I have yeah. tried to write jokes. I've had a couple of opportunities where somebody was like, "Do a pitch for something funny for this." cool like thing and i've yeah. tried to do it and it's it's not it's never really worked in that way but i suppose there's always funny moments in whatever whatever we do whether it's yeah. songs or poems or a theater yeah, piece, like there's this, moments of humor yeah like yeah. It, it will come out naturally yeah. won't it, i suppose um so yeah right so how did you the bridget aphrodite idea like did that happen while you're in art school or i mean sorry in, yeah, uh, in acting um, school or 
Uh, like, it, I think I was massively inspired by uh, music and poetry, poetry song um, scene that was happening at the time where we were studying, which were like my friends, like Laura Dot, well Laura Dockrill and Kate oh, yeah, Nash. Yeah, yeah. That they they were a bit younger than me, but they were coming out and doing this really lovely DIY thing before. You know, um, Kate had a big hit and yeah. uh, or a big hit album and became a fully fledged pop star. We could always see that that was going to happen, but yeah, I'm sure. So I think is. I was really inspired by the the more spoken word element of what that they were doing, and also Gaz uh, watching Gaz being bands um, and really, I've always been a really big music fan, and then leaving drama school and trying to do the more. Uh, straight acting thing a little bit but not i didn't I really felt that it was instantly i felt it was really wrong for me what, um, what was the what was the friction like what um, what, what did you feel wasn't, wasn't well, the right fit i think i think like going to auditions and reading things that i really wasn't interested yeah, in yeah, and yeah. also i wasn't getting either so like a, I wasn't interested <laughs> b i wasn't getting uh, I'll keep trying. See, I found mm. it. I found. Yeah, I just really didn't. I really didn't uh, enjoy feeling powerless. I think. Yeah. I think my friends are incredible actors that have worked so hard to be where they are. You know, like their tenacity. Of, yeah, yeah. Like sure. getting inspired by playing parts and putting everything into it. I just really, really respect and be able to put hours into learning stuff for an audition. Yeah, yeah. Um, na- you know, nailing it and still not getting the part, but then going and then they will get something good. Like, yeah. I didn't have that inside me. <laughs> like, I didn't have no, the I, joke I, writing skill inside of me. Um, but I did have something about expression inside of me that I was very much being inspired by what Gaz was doing and, you know, that sort of, I suppose, that punk ethic and that DIY ethic that that uh, other uh, contemporaries were were doing yeah. and so then uh uh i was on like a theater tour in italy of like doing like theater ed- education piece and gaz had taught me a few chords on the guitar oh, yeah. so i took uh i took <laughs> i'd uh, learned to play an instrument by then as well i took a guitar with me and um and I really enjoyed uh, writing lyrics and uh, uh, expressing myself through two chords or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've forgotten, but when I was a teenager, I was always writing little chats and little raps and stuff right, <laughs> and, um, and doing them at parties. So I think that that was something that didn't come natural, natural, but I loved writing poetry. And yeah. so then putting that to song became songs and then weaving a story through that became like a, a, a show after I'd come back from Italy, yeah. like a self-fund-raised uh, uh, raised show that we I took to Edinburgh for a week, and that was Brigitte Aphrodite, and that was, like, that was, um, yeah, and Brigitte is my name, and Aphrodite is my middle name. It was my nan's name. So you say so, it is Bri- Brigitte? Brigitte, yeah. Okay, I'm saying Brigitte. It doesn't matter. It's <laughs> all the same, isn't it? It's like, it's the same name, but just in No, but I want to get it, I want to get it right. Like, it, is, it really <laughs> does. It, it, okay. Honestly, the amount of people that call me Brigitte, and I love the name Brigitte, and I like the name Brigitte, and yeah, I, love, yeah. I like the name. I like all the names that are my name, but different okay. different languages doesn't matter. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. no, so I always get in my head about like uh, like I spoke to um, I spoke to Bridget and Ian from Clayspace, and I kept calling what they do pottery, and it's like, is it pottery or is it ceramics? And then suddenly I was just like, ah, oh, and then I, I couldn't sort of get out of this like I don't know what to call it. When I bring it up next, do I call it pottery or do I call it ceramics? Is pottery a low tech version of ceramics or is it might being disrespectful so 
It's like I yeah, wouldn't know. I have a, a bit of a. It's like this thing on my yeah. shoulder saying like, that's not how you say it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you Bear don't want to be disrespectful <laughs> yeah. to anybody. What did, did you speak to them about it? Yeah. Did you ask them? I think yeah, it came up, but then even like because I was editing it afterwards and I was like. Ah, God damn it! I keep doing it, and so I, I brought it up on. I do these little intros and outros and stuff. So I brought it up on there again. It's like as if anyone needed to hear it again. It's just like, oh, it's just a spiral of self doubt. It's so oh, annoying. Babe, don't worry, we've all got that. <laughs> it's, like, it's the perils, of like when you when you're editing your own voice and your own. You guys are going to sound awesome anyway, but like. It's like I'm focusing on the wrong person. I'm focusing on me and what I sound like. It's such a lot of weird ego involved in it. Yeah. I didn't expect it at all. But you have you have to put that work in to make it sound. It's not ego. It's like it's, it's so you, so it's going to be the best to somebody's ear who's listening to it. As I guess well. so. Yeah. But it just feels weird, like focusing on yourself, and it's like, oh, I said that thing that I don't think sounds right, and it's just I get really frustrated with that sort of, that little spiral. It's just like. I'm doing this podcast for like other people, but I'm re- I'm listening to it. I'm listening to my own voice and being really critical of it. It's just like just get out of the picture and sh- shut up. I think yeah. you do. I think you're doing the right thing. Right. <laughs> I think that Sorry. I suppose if you spoke, I mean, you probably have spoken to, but anybody that has to, is it like journalistic purposes or like they have yeah. to analyze? Like anybody I've ever spoke to, they have to because that's how you grow. And, yeah. and like if and if you want more people to. Like discover all these interesting people that you're speaking to and stuff like that. Then, then to make it as accessible to listen to is yeah. is, is the key, you know. So, like, yeah, so yeah. I think I think it's full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to yeah. digress. No, no, it's good. It's good. No, it, it's like I'm getting tips from a professional. So <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> no, it's so hard analysing yourself. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, do, you, like, do, you, do you guys listen to what like guys? When you finished something, do you go back to it and? And do you sort of like what music what, songs? Speaking of hats again, like what hat do you have on? Do you have analytical hat on, or do you have uh, f- sort of just a regular listening, listening hat on? Or? Yeah, listening back to it. I um, I usually I don't know what this says about me, but usually after I've just written something and recorded it, I usually listen to it quite a lot actually. Yeah. And but it, I I actually think that the reason for that is because usually it's like it's a bit like scratching an itch, like in terms of once that piece of music is out I think I probably wanted to write it because I I get frustrated by not being able to hear new music that I want to hear there and then and that's usually the thing mm. that makes me go oh what I should do is actually probably write it <laughs> so then yeah, I write yeah. it and then I listen to it quite a bit because I think that was what I was I wanted it in my ears well, yeah, yeah. but then I think that the, the the weird thing about it was that you know two years later I will then hate it <laughs> so everything that I was like recorded like over two years ago, I listened back to it and I'm like, oh. is that because you feel like you've gotten better since then, or is it just like, ah, oh, that wasn't that wasn't what I needed? At, or like, well, well, I don't know, because if you if you needed it and you got what you needed from it at the time, then that's that's well, right. Yeah. So I'm wondering where the the sort of like uh, the hating comes from. comes from. Yeah, I think that it's just I might feel a little bit of oh, I've got better since then. But I I think that all of a sudden, I don't know why this is, but I think that this, especially if I've been singing on something, I think that the sound of my voice starts to become more and more apparent and then we all hate the sound of our own voices, right? So it becomes like, that's what like hits me first. So, Bree, where, where, do you, how, where do you stand on the sound of your voice 
side of things. I don't listen to it very often. I find it really hard to listen back to yeah. podcasts that I've done. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because I think I'm stupid. But I know I'm not stupid, but <laughs> I still right. think I'm stupid. <laughs> um, really? uh, school, school. School years. Yeah. <laughs> failing, no, I, failing all school years. <laughs> I, I get it, I get it, I get it. And also vocal, yeah, it's hard to listen to uh, songs. But actually, no, like I find it hard to listen to straight away. And then a couple of years later, I'm like, oh, why is it so hard on myself? Yeah. I, I wish I was a narcissist. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really great That's sentence. That's what I really wish. Every day I've got my fingers crossed <laughs> that narcissism <laughs> will really come to me. Yeah. I must be a little bit of a narcissist to do performance. So I'm just hoping that it will grow bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> until it takes over. So, Well, this is one thing that you can listen back to later. You can just create <laughs> like. I just catch you down the street. What are you listening to, Bree? Oh, just listen to that podcast we did. I've got this bit where I'm talking for a minute uninterrupted to start down the piece. I think I sounded really good. It's really interesting. Do you want to have a listen? I really do. Have a listen. It will change no, I, your fucking I, I, life. Yeah, I insist. It was really profound. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a funny state to be in as a creator or like, well, creative, I don't know, creative, creative. Like when you, you I find a lot of, people like us like we we have this sort of there's there's like not a shyness but there's a kind of like a, a bit of introspection but then it's mixed with like you guys were on stage so it's like you got the introspection but then you got the like out on stage bit and so it's, it's like a weird sort of duality of it's like it, it's sort of at odds with the shyness or like the the introspection part yeah yeah i've never it's, really understood that but the expression is out on you put it out on stage yeah because it's not a natural environment for somebody like i feel like the it's creative creative people we can probably spend all day in the in the labs doing the creative <clears> part but then putting that onto a big stage with in front of loads of people it just seems like the completely unnatural yeah no yeah yeah stop it yeah, yeah. Which I get that feeling a little bit too. What when? when you're <laughs> well, beforehand and then after, there's a nice feeling, isn't there? I kind of like. I've, I've always kind of felt, but I think that you feel like this as well, Bree. So it might be from both of us, but I've always felt like being on stage is like quite. It's a bit therapeutic. It's a bit mm. like doing like it is like a form of therapy being able to express yourself or exercise as well. We don't do any exercise. Yeah, it's like exercise. It is like exercise. Like some people have the gym. It's like having a workout. Yeah. We have. It's like having a mental workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's the yeah. same. It's like the you you essentially you're just aiming for the brain chemistry of it. Really, like I mean, I guess in the gym you see the physical feedback or whatever. Like you know, you get a few muscles or whatever, but like you're still aiming for that endorphins and all that kind of, you know, this little stress yeah. relieving stuff in your head. But like, you must get that in like crazy bursts being on stage and getting that feedback. Cause like, obviously you're not out there bombing and not doing well. Like you're doing really like amazing shows. Oh, I've, thanks. I've, I've seen at least one of them yeah. <laughs> yet, yet to catch the, the full experience, like as in, in the Edinburgh side of things. But yeah, like you're, you're getting that ultimate brain thing yeah yeah and i think it's a bit about i think because i've thought about it was like oh why do why do i need to be a showgirl and possibly for you guys as well i don't want to speak for you but why do some people do need to be show peoples and i think for me it's to be understood because i feel i felt like i spent my formative years being feeling like many people like on on the outsides in ways and being misunderstood because of the education system yeah yeah and yeah. So also you... being a, you know being a woman as well like being like a woman that what i suppose 
always potentially wanted to be strong and like wanted to have things to say but then yeah. like culturally where I was where I was living or some elements of family were like you know you mustn't say this you mustn't wear this you mustn't be like this yeah, yeah. uh you will never do good educationally or whatever you yeah. know and so Your having that were having you, that I remember, they were like they were just ridiculous yeah. were they well, yeah. in, in the in the in the s- drama no in school in, in school. school yeah like many people's narrative meant many people throughout the whole all industries narrative yeah. um yeah. of being because i didn't formal education wasn't I, I didn't i didn't do well at formal education so i feel like the the most amazing thing happened when we started doing shows together apart whatever so i felt like this clarity of being understood for the yeah. first time of like especially when you're writing your own stuff yeah like when people yeah. relate into it it's like oh fuck okay so i'm i'm not yeah. so alone yeah definitely. you know yeah. yeah you're sort of put on the on the fringes at the start because like you, the education system is like these are the guidelines and if you're thinking outside them then it's like ah you're you are different and like that's not how we're that's not how we we think and then yeah. so it's like you're you're just immediately planted on the outside of things and you're not going to do any good in your life. No, you know you're not. You're not going to do any good if you don't. If you can't, well, it doesn't make any. The education system does. It just. I mean, just even down to the simple fact of like, I wasn't good at me- memorizing things, so I wouldn't yeah. remember all of the stuff. And then I'd go into an exam, and because I didn't have a good enough memory, then I wouldn't pass that exam. But yeah, then, yeah. if if you somebody had been analysing my year. You know, that one lesson when we were doing algebra, I got 10 out of 10, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, actually, when, when I was engaged in algebra, yeah. I, like, I, I was really good at it, but I just couldn't remember it at the end of the year you're when I had like, a million your... other things to remember yeah. that day. And you're probably putting, <laughs> putting your hand up in the lessons <laughs> and like contributing and like... Yeah, it was yeah. great. But, the, <laughs> but, but then they judge it at the end. It's like, do you remember this fact? Do you remember this thing? Do you remember this thing? Yeah. All right, well, then you get a D. Like, yeah. Uh, but, but I turn up to every lesson yeah. and I was really trying. It's yeah. so unfair. And I've got hormones in. to deal with. And yeah. there's a girl that I fancy. <laughs> and a lot on my plate. Crap trousers. They look really crap and a bad hair day. Like, people need to give uh, uh, young people and teenagers at school some slack. We, that, I think that's yeah. why we... And also we do a lot of youth facilitation as well outside yeah. of the theatre and music stuff. And I feel, I feel like it, there's a real purpose in me and Gaz, like doing that we've found it really amazing like amazing a good experience because we felt like we've got something to give because that perspective of what we both had in different yeah, ways yeah. um of like learning hasn't changed so much and also i suppose the arts have become less important in yeah, schools and yeah. have really have been cut everything's been cut yeah. there are empty drama studios there are empty uh, clay uh, pottery wheels there are ceramics, ceramics. <laughs> <They're> ceramics. Rooms, <laughs> you know there are you know there's no there's nobody to teach some of these things because a lot of arts have been cut and so the, the young people that really gravitate to that are being told it's not as important and and so i feel i feel like we can put those bad experiences to yeah. positive use with working that's awesome like yeah. have, have you seen so have you have you seen like have you got first-hand experience with like what's what's going on in schools like where where are you where are you working with uh, younger people like, well, is, it, is it in school or is it like for, for, for me actually uh we, sometimes we do take it into schools and um for example like just last week i was doing a thing with uh, uh the egg tooth project which is an amazing company 
in Hastings that Brie and I both work with quite regularly who work with uh, young people who are struggling or are underprivileged or for whatever reason aren't getting on with education. And uh, so uh, Brie and I... Like home life or or neurodiverse or feeling overwhelmed or having mental health problems. It's all sorts of young people from, from... It's all sorts of young people and for all sorts of reasons that they might want to access that. That, yeah that, that, that and, service and so we've we've gone into school so like last week i went into school with them and it was like it was just for options day and um oh, i remember uh, that i and, remember options yeah and it was wow. like when uh yeah there was there was a load of there was a load of kids that came towards because we were doing music and like we were sort of like the uh the people who represented the professional music part of of options day and then there was you know there was lots of other categories but actually what was really interesting about that was that the the main teacher was like really discouraging the young people from the creative industry and like there was like oh, a graph God. of like how many jobs are available in oh, this sector and this sector and then it's like and here we go and here's music oh look at that that's only two percent <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, God. A, like where, where, where did you get this number? Where did you look? Did yeah, you just, just Google some article? Like, it's it's just so no, generic. Yeah, in the way that they sort of just like, imagine like the little experience they have with any. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't speak for them. It's unfair of me to do that, but it, it sounds like the kind of thing where, you know, you 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 just. If you don't know anything about music, you look at you Google like some article in the music industry. It's like, oh, the music industry is collapsing. It's like, yeah, not, not really. <laughs> kind of, I, I know, it, I know. It, yeah, totally. And that, and also like just the fact that this is a really obvious thing, but the answer obviously like really the tapestry of of life of everything. So how can it be that yeah. the creative industry is failing? It's like everything is a everything is a creation, and there's so yeah, many yeah. avenues for us. For, to use that creative energy in doesn't have to be just like becoming a, a, ro- a rock star if it's like the music no, industry, no, you, no, know, no, no, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a weird <laughs> thing where it's like there are there are artists like in the music world. There's like artists who have got billions and billions of listens, but then adults will have a go at them saying, "Oh, musical shit these days, or whatever." But they're they're people who probably benefited from going to art school or drama school or something, and then it's like. And and they're demonstrably successful. So and like you know films as well. Like you can have like films that yeah. rake in millions and millions, and you know actually credible films as well, not just total garbage. And it's like so like where are you going to develop the next generation of that? Like that has to come from somewhere. They're not just going to be necessarily like English graduates or like full on academic people no. who are suddenly like take a shine to acting. Like you have yeah. to you have form. to nurture that. Yeah, and and that's kind of what's what's not happening at the moment especially with university fees being so high and um, and then you're only getting one group of people going in into an industry from a a a demographic that is more has had more of a comfortable life and then art that's being made isn't as interesting and that's why we're really lucky in this area to have arts emergency just started up which is uh, a mentoring scheme that got me into working with young people actually yeah, yeah. um in, I've, I've, in I've definitely i've heard their name come up a lot i haven't um i haven't spoken to him yet but it, Brie, was it part, like... Brie was part of the first um the first sort of movement of arts emergency in in london weren't you with the first year the first year, year of the of program mm. and um, it's grown so so incredibly and uh, the amount of young people they're helping like people is saying that art is not a luxury yeah, yeah, <clears> and yeah. also like art and humanities are not a luxury um it's a kickback to the governmental cuts and it's really proving to be 
really, really helping young people go to uni and, and mm. follow what they believe it's, it's in. It's growing, isn't it? It's it is. It's got real attraction. It's amazing. <clears throat> and, yeah. um, and also, anything arts-related with young people, even if they don't want to... They don't want to do anything like that for a career. It's like it's going to help you with your everyday life to have like yeah. confidence to speak, yeah, to yeah, express yeah, yeah. yourself. Um, I mean, like, uh, yeah, the government's really missing it. The cuts are really missing a trick, and our society is really missing a trick yeah, with that. Yeah. Because when I'm working with people, I'm not like you're going to be a star. You're going to be a... even if they could, but like <laughs> it's up to them what they want to do. Yeah. But. I see how it helps with mental mental illness and, yeah, yeah, it has to be huge and anxiety sure. yeah. and all sorts of overcoming. Well, like everything we we're talking about with like the, the brain chemistry thing, it's like if if you have access to that, like that's going to get you through a lot of stuff. And like just having that again, that feedback of oh, I'm doing something really like this, really grabbing these people. And like if you if there's a kid who's sort of having some tough times, and if if they get into that situation where they're being validated like on the spot like that must be so huge yeah like, just that that positive feedback to then move on to the next thing and like, oh i'm good at i'm, I'm really good at that and, yeah. yeah and public yeah. speaking is a massive one because you have to yeah. do public speaking just in the supermarket or something you know like yeah. you're just talking to people and communicating and yeah, having yeah, yeah, a yeah. chat and like expressing not even your feelings but just being able to go right this is you know, with business and with everything, yeah, you know, yeah. or just human relations, family relationships. Yeah. So it and can help with loads of things. Yeah. That's so true. I never thought of it like that. It's really good. Yeah. Anyway, like you were saying about wanting to be like understood as well. It's like that's that's part of it. It's like getting these tools to then be understood. And just communication in general, like from when you're a baby up to when you're you know, old and like that, the communication part is just so integral to human behavior like if you can't communicate and yeah then you can't express and yeah then yeah it's like that's that's an impossible that's it that, i mean yeah. there's so so many times in like our lives where we need to express and communicate and talk and mm. uh and 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 say what our feelings are and explain our sort of like uh our ideas and yeah, yeah it's so important mm. isn't it yeah it's not just what you want or need it's like ideas and yeah and like um building on something with somebody else like, yeah, yeah what, what we're doing now as well and it's like i guess we're, we're we're sort of lucky in that we've you know we've got like microphones and we we've got time to sit and talk about it all and stuff but yeah i guess we're using that time constructively so totally. yeah it's all it's all like for a, a good cause yeah. also i love being in my 30s because i've been i haven't been i mean we go through different struggles all the time but like uh, being in your 20s you're really working it out yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're working it out and like it's nice to know like be a bit older just I mean actually saying that though looking at some of the young people that we've been working with and also what the young people are doing on a global movement I mean they know way more than what I knew yeah, all through do, my they? 20s I'm yeah. just like you lot if the future is in your hands you're doing really really good and yeah. we need to get on board with yeah, yeah, what yeah. you I, guys I, I, are doing I will, I will follow you yeah yeah <laughs> No, totally. I see that, and it's like, oh my, like, what, I don't even remember, like, what was I thinking when I was twelve or like when yeah. I was eight? Like, I don't even remember. Like, I remember being a person, but I don't remember how I thought or like. I don't remember having these big constructive thoughts and like even being able to like speak to adults was a bit of a tough thing for me. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's like I, I, 
I don't, I don't know where it comes from with <laughs> yeah. like really young people like being able to do that. I suppose it's like it's more urgent because it's very clear what is going on. It's so clear yeah. that how uh, the generations before them have fucked up the world. Whereas I think in our generation, I don't know. I was like, I was like, Mr. Blobby, um, <laughs> Britpop, like everything's fine. Like things can only get better. Yeah, Blair, right. the hopeful days, you know, yeah. like until it all went like. As in Blair like... or Blair? <laughs> <laughs> did, I, did I say Blair? I don't know. I don't... It was like Blair. It's like an accented Blair. Um, you but know. So, so I think it's. I think it's more of an. It feels like more of an emergency to young yeah. people. Their rights are being taken away. Their world's being taken away. Their future's being taken away. The hope yeah. of them having children or uh, starting families is being taken taken yeah. away. And so I think that's probably. So what, what what was our equivalent of that when we were kids then? Well, like, I, don't, so, I don't remember it. Like you said, I yeah. remember being a person and liking glitter, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I, I realised that that has had a real impact on the environment too. Yeah, glitter. Right, right, so right. like I've cut glitter out of my Same life. You you know, yeah. do you know I remember what I mean? it, like, it was a pretty big deal when Robbie Williams left. Take that. Yeah, they were. <laughs> oh god, we know. were hit hard. Yeah, that was <laughs> tough news to take. So really, from from <laughs> from the young people. Like I'm just like oh, I better fix up, look sharp, and just like yeah, yeah and educate it, myself a bit more. And yeah, yeah, like do things that make an example. Or yeah, or just be better. Like I don't know, be yeah. more, yeah, more aware. Yeah, no, definitely <laughs> and action and stuff. Totally. Yeah. And so, right, I'm I'm trying to crowbar in parakeet because <laughs> oh, I really want to talk to you. About no, 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 no. It's this, it's amazing because like, I was I was looking for a good sort of uh, off ramp to parakeet, and that's cool because. You worked with young, young people. people in Parakeet. Yeah. And so the cast of Parakeet, did you have people in mind with, like, did you have a sort of an idea of what the stage and everything was going to look like before it happened? Or where did, where was, where was Parakeet born? Well, well, it and was, what was Parakeet? Yeah, Bree. <laughs> that's a uh, lot. That's a lot to. <laughs> no, no. Cram I, think, in. I, I think that the starting blocks for Parakeet was when Bree, you started working with young people uh, at Pie Factory uh, and with Egg Tooth as well. Pie Factory, Egg Tooth, Gulbe- Gulbenkian and Theatre. And I think that Bree, uh, and I remember you going into that. I'm sort of speaking for you actually a little bit because you should take over. I remember you going into that and being like. Um, I think that this is really inspiring. Uh, it's incredibly inspiring working with young people, and I think I want to make a show about it. That's what I remember you doing, and then and then it also became the the, the work that you were doing with those young people also almost became research and development for the show that we were going to make. Yeah, yeah, but we did do professional research and development for the show that wasn't yeah. that. I suppose just the inspiration came yeah. from that from that. But we got asked to scratch a new piece of work and yeah. what came out was the beginnings of Parakeet, which was like the opening speech of the show. And um, we, we we scratched that with some of Gaz's music at the Turner and it was only like 10 minutes or whatever. Oh. Um, and it got a really positive response. It was all about Margate and this young woman. Yeah, because yeah. um, yeah, I, saw, I saw the um, the Elsewhere, the sort of development. Is that what, what, yeah. is that what the show was? It's like a sort of work in progress? It or? was a music work in progress. Yeah. Like because you didn't have the cast in place yet, did you? No. Well, you sort of had it roughly in place, but they weren't... It wasn't a performance. They no. weren't on the stage, yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, that was... I think we ended up calling it the Parakeet Experience, didn't we? But yeah, that was it. That was it. I think that 
probably parakeet audio would have been a better yeah. explanation of it actually you know um but yeah it was it was it's kind of a lot of the songs had been written already so and uh and the narrative um actually wasn't fully finished i don't think you'd finished the play by then not quite but we'd ne- yeah. you were nearly there yeah so i remember bumping into you brie you're in mama in margate and yeah. we bumped into you and you said i'm in trouble <laughs> and i was like because you had it coming up in edinburgh and i was like oh, God. this sounds like a bloody nightmare i don't know how you i don't know how you did it because like i i knew it was coming and i like because um <laughs> it's really funny because that is so true. Because yeah, yeah. basically, Brie was in trouble. Uh, <laughs> oh, good, uh, Felix is like, oh, I, I don't, I don't envy you in the slightest. Um, Brie was like, yeah, I've got a full play to write. Oh no, I've missed the deadline. Um, <laughs> oh, God, but like, that, even like, like books take years to write, but I can't imagine how long a play takes to like a full yeah. theatre piece, like a full hour long or however long it was. Like, uh, yeah, it's madness. Like, full, full respect. That was the, Brie put so you put so much work into like, and actually, I think probably what was happening at that point was that Brie ha- had all the material and loads more. But it was about actually, I remember at that point it was actually about you reducing it all and finding uh, which way, what the path exactly like was. Finding the crack in the code of it. So yeah, it was a bit different. Cracking the code is a nice way of putting yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it was, and also I suppose yeah, I put a whole load of work in, but so did everybody else towards the end of the last two months towards hitting Edinburgh. We yeah. were our plan was never to take it to Edinburgh, so we oh. got the opportunity offered to us just start after or, um, the parakeet experience, I think it was, yeah. um, to take it to Payne's Plough Roundabout, which is a big round, incredible uh, portable kind of circus tent theatre which can fit into in theory into the back of a a transit van and be and be powered by a four prong adapter so it's and put up with an allen key in theory i think they do they have more help than that but still sounds good yeah Yeah. (laughs) and you look from the outside it looks like a small circus tent and from the inside it looks like a spaceship and the lighting's amazing is that all like is it LED lighting, yeah. So oh, like right, yeah. this sort of it is beautiful in there, isn't Madness. it? So uh, the producers, Boundless and Boom, got the 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 offer in to do that, and there was uh, funding to make it to make the ha- it happen and the cast happen. So we thought, okay, that wasn't the plan. We we're going to put it on next year, but we yeah. just thought okay let's i think it's a good opportunity yeah, so let's do it yeah. but it's going to be like but it's going to be quick a turnaround yeah, 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 because yeah. we'd only just like practice the music development at the end of march and so yeah and it was an hour that was what i was trying it to was say. an hour it the was, show was always going to be an hour and a half so that was another oh, reason really? why brie that, that oh. point as well like you had all the material and then cracking the code but then also like Cramming it was it kind of it. like i think that because it could be that Parakeet actually has more. There's there's three characters. There's 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 three girls, and the the main protagonist, the main girl, is like we sort of like honoured her journey through uh through through the hour. But actually, uh, the the other two characters who are called Tam and Dust, yeah. Brie actually had like all of the sort of like what do you call it the side stories. With what with, with what their journey were going to be, but then that was the but then is all it of a, that became a and B like, or something? A yeah, B, I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, so you there's so much. It over, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you didn't so, know. It's bad, is it? Um, uh, so yeah, there was sort of. It still feels like there's so much more to tell, actually. 
But um, yeah. But oh yeah, yeah, because there's all these sort of untold stories and like even sort of offshoot stories. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And oh, it kind wow. of makes it kind of makes you want to like do like a a full full a full two hour version of it, perhaps. Oh, or, like, or it could be a series, like yeah, yeah, or a series. Yeah. Somebody's mentioned that as well, actually. That it you, could yeah, be you must have got like people approaching you about it. After. People were interested, uh, yeah. but I don't know. I think I think it takes a long time to yeah. try, try, you know, put those those seeds into development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um. I am a very slow writer anyway. It takes a long time. I find it really hard to talk about the work before it's made. Um, but to market it, you need to know how to market it. Um, I think my slow writing comes because I'm very, very dyslexic. Right. And so I, I feel like I start with everything, like the universe, and then hone it in from there instead of like a core, like very clear yeah. idea. So I'm a nightmare to work with in that perspective. Absolute fucking nightmare. <laughs> but I do feel that the results that come out are really, we mean them. We always mean them. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and for this process, when we did do R&Ds, we did workshops with young people, um, <clears throat> read-throughs with young people, got like opinions and feedback. Um, so was it always sort of aimed at, a younger audience like was it sort of inspirational piece for a younger person sort of thing I think I think I wanted it to I wanted young people because I think from our last show My Beautiful Black Dog yeah, we yeah. got quite a young audience come in through the door so we thought that that was kind of a crowd that well lots of actually a diverse age range but yeah. young people really connected with it so we nice. thought that one of my main things when I early on when I first started writing and Gaz started writing the music is we wanted what we talked about earlier about uh, uh, creativity the piece we wanted to inspire from the audience to go home and listen to music and write lyrics and get together with their mates and start bands especially uh, young women or people that identify as women or uh, trans uh, young people yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, especially because yeah. it's, it's about the, the gender gap in in uh, music and, and certain forms of the arts and what yeah. we notice is that boys take their space much more easily than girls but we d- doesn't yeah. mean we don't care about the boys they are very important and they struggle in other elements um yeah. but so that and that seems to carry on through life so what we wanted was there is a thriving DIY punk scene in this area now and it's growing all the time through a great venue elsewhere yeah. um and that hadn't opened when we started developing this but we could feel that there was, uh, there was yeah yeah, yeah. But empower young women yeah. uh, or identify women or uh, trans uh, people to or non-binary people to start bands, get together, express themselves. And so that was the core yeah. and nature. And so I suppose we wanted that. But then Boundless, who are a young people's production company, came on board because they make work especially for young uh, young Younger adults. Um, yeah. But I think with theatre and young adults, there's not much work that's made specifically for them. So... As it went along, it became a piece that was made for young adults and above, but it is for yeah. everybody. Like, there was people that came from my hometown that I didn't know, Bromley, and they were, like, middle-aged, yeah. uh, older than middle-aged, and they really connected with it and were crying, but they worked for the yeah. council. And so, right, and so right. it's about nature and looking after nature and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's all sorts of... It's a bit like watching, I think, the result of it with the incredible three young women that we 
worked with it's a bit like watching a modern fable like but like stand by me without the murder and with more yeah. protest and environment and, and not punk like music three white kids as well no exactly like three white boys yeah exactly it's always boys journey so stand by me eat it yes a way more representative uh universal version of something like of of an old school like fable yeah it really feels it feels like it's sort of ripped out of history but uh, like you know like the 80s but then um yeah totally this is what's happening now is full of issues that are sort of totally relevant now but also like, i feel like it wasn't it wasn't like a very sort of issue type production it was no. it was more based on like that's you're saying about the punk spirit and the sort of making you know like starting a band and the yeah. inclusivity and diversity and stuff like and that and friendship like, yeah well yeah that's massive as well because like, that's probably not I feel like there's probably quite a lot of divide and conquer stuff with, especially with internet. It's like you're in your little tribes, and the friendship part is probably overlooked, or you you're, you're only friends with the, your group of mates who are into the same stuff as you. But it's it's so important to have friends across the board, and it's you know, just that diversity of experience, and yeah, like we've all got stuff to learn off each other, and yeah, and yeah. that thing of feeling like all. Oh, Teenagers really, no matter what gender or where you come from, feel essentially feel like a, an outsider. Yeah, like yeah. Or, or like in some in some respects, so it's like outsiders like getting together and just like making positive and good stuff. So yeah. it's a nice story of somebody who's moved from, with their mum from London and feels a bit lonely and isolated, and then meets yeah. two girls from some completely different backgrounds, and they're all completely different in reference points, but they just. And then yeah. you, you take you take on this incredible incredible music tale that like Gaz has composed the music and has fed into the plot and yeah. the whole team fed in loads and supported it and my brother came um, my brother's an incredible theatre maker he came on in the last month and a half and dropped because I didn't have. Uh, like and I didn't have a proper dramaturg for the structure, and oh, he right. dramaturged uh, for the last month and a half. What, is, um, what does that mean? Help, help with the structure. Oh, okay, uh, like turn it into like a sort of a dramatical piece, or yeah, like... just the thread of the story, the okay, arc yeah, yeah, of the yeah. story, kind of almost like making it into theatre. So I remember it would just be helping with like, and that's the end of scene three. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But he had lots of creative input too. So yeah. much, yeah. Um, and yeah. There's a lot of, yeah, and we, we even had like a read through here with uh, three of our best mates yeah. where we test read it before I sent it the next day to the way late for the, the production companies, but wait till I sent it, sent it to press send to send the final yeah. script version. It was amazing to watch Natty work in that way, actually, because it it's was, it, yeah, that's, that's Pris Brother, because it was, as much as it was like, yeah putting it into scenes and stuff there is so much creativity around that and like how and 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 how you sort of like muddle those scenes up and and maybe tell mm. that bit of the story first and yeah you know it's kind like of sprinkle bits in throughout yeah and like yeah it's because uh, i i hearing you say that it's like yeah that's sort of like how i used to make mixtapes and stuff like that like i do really weird sort of and that, that's why i said like cracking the code that's what i always thought about it because like i've done a few sort of mega mixes of people like there's this there's this Canadian rapper called Buck 65. So like, I did this, like he's been around forever, like 20, 30 years. And I had to take this, like, I'm making this about me. This is no, more, just for, more just for it's a reference. A conversation. But, um, so like, it's interesting. I mean, I've been a fan of his for so many years, but like, I, it was a, a mission to sort of put all of his career into this 20 minute mix thing. And, um, 
it's yeah it's like finding like that's so cool you, you, you take this bit here this sound here and it's like you could do anything with all this material like he's got so many albums out and stuff. yeah yeah but then yeah like then you find you start you might start on one bit and it's like okay that's the beginning and then it weaves into this little journey and it's like okay no i think that's that's the middle now and then you, you expand outwards from the middle to the beginning and then it's like yeah oh actually so no that bit sounds cool at the end and yeah like that i love that kind of process it's so fun so that's, that is a creative structure in itself but yeah we'd like a body a whole lifetime body of work that's yeah so, oh, i'd like to hear that mix yeah, like yeah, it, it, it's, it's weird because i don't really work that way anymore so i feel like that's the most work i've ever put into something and it was about 10 years ago <laughs> like 12 years ago or something like, i wish i could <laughs> have that like attention span these days but yeah that took bloody ages but um you got to really pay attention to every element and yeah like, like so with your your production it was like you you can't forget any because like little points could be really significant in the right place like there could be a, th- a thing that in one scene it's like oh, okay that's kind of a you know a little bit of gets glossed over but if you put that later on then yeah it might that might be the real key yeah element that tells you about the character or something i like. think that that was what ended up uh it was from working with nasty doing the dramaturg that you eventually sort of the ending of the which i was obviously will not give away no, no, no. Uh, but the ending the ending of the show um came from uh from you and nasty sort of really sort of like doing the dramaturg stuff, didn't it? Mm. and then and then there was one day where so i think sometimes when you're writing stuff you can't see the you can't see anymore you know yeah yeah. so i got a lot of eyes on it and a lot of feedback from uh Gemma kenny helped a lot with that and uh the man from boundless uh the artistic director i think he is rob drummond uh helped with another you know so we we pulled apart and analyzed stuff in a very intense way leading up to edinburgh to make sure that uh, because i think things like this aren't really spoke about but like you do have, um, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child right, right. and it does definitely, it takes like, it takes a lot of people to put on yeah. a, 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 a play and, and, and for, and a lot of notes and a lot of like reworking and, um, and same, Gaz, same, and Gaz helped same, loads. Same and, with the sound as well. Yeah. There's a whole team that ended up yeah. being on it, you know, yeah. Right. yeah, which is really cool. But I guess like, so, I mean, you two have got experience in, working with other people and collaborating with each other as well so like you're in a perfect position to receive those notes and outside feedback because some people will probably be like no no this is my vision stays like this i mean i'm I a bit like that this. there I is always a bit of yeah yeah really i find it really hard because like it's not that i don't it's just i just find i find i think i did have a there's a lovely writer who I spoke to on the phone because I remember being a bit distraught where I got an email just of like feedback that I didn't really understand and I was just like ah right. uh, and um, well, like terminology or just like this doesn't make any sense I don't know like, I just I couldn't really what decode it and yeah, I didn't yeah. know who any of it was from and I didn't know what it was because we'd done a we'd done one of we did little sharings what's quite interesting <laughs> is that you do lots of little sharings along the journey yeah and the sharing is like is just basically where you invite some people who, who are friendly faces to come and sort of offer feedback yeah okay yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean yeah, along yeah. the way um, people normally fill out a form or something yeah. oh, um, right. but yeah, I don't yeah. think they did for this one but I don't know I got this email and I was just like I don't know what I don't know who this is from I don't understand <laughs> it um, and also I'm dyslexic so anything in right. written words seems severe and I spoke to 
my friend Charlie, and she really, really helped because she was just like, just sit down with a coffee. Uh, and she's like, I used to sit down with a fag, but I don't smoke anymore. And uh, hmm. and just clear your head and try and translate what they're saying. It's like sometimes like, you have yeah, to tra- piece, translate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, because sometimes yeah. what they say is not indirectly what they mean on that bit. You have to try and understand why that bit's not working or yeah. that bit. Yeah. Um, so that was really useful advice. But I, I think the feedback thing is still really, 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 really hard for me, especially. I think yeah. Gaz is a bit better at it. Well, no, because actually, uh, generally, from my perspective, people, um, it's harder to sort of give feedback on the music. So I wouldn't really be getting, the only feedback that I'd get on the music was like, oh, can you make that section a bit shorter? And yeah, I was <laughs> going to say. It's like, you yeah. know, just like the logistics of, um, oh, can that song be three minutes long instead of it being which yeah. I normally do which is like eight minutes long I'm like why it needs to be eight minutes <laughs> to, to do the full the journey entire idea yeah <laughs> um, yeah so yeah it's, it's usually about like yeah like the logistics and just formalities like can you just extend that little noise at the yeah. start okay that sounds great um, Brie I'm having trouble with the uh, arc of uh, character A in, this, yeah. uh, in the yeah. third act like, <laughs> totally yeah. That. yeah I feel like sometimes I feel like and maybe I need to really work on how to not take things as personally but like because i feel like i always write for my gut and my heart yeah. and whatever that because you're making yourself you have to make yourself so vulnerable to yeah, write and totally. perform and all that stuff um that that then when you get given feedback it's like question your actual values yeah and like yeah, so you've yeah. really got to like fucking take it to church like i don't yeah. go to church <laughs> yeah. but like yeah, 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 you've yeah. really got yeah. a soul search yeah. like scream singing swim in the sea but i wish i could just be more rational but then i suppose i wouldn't be doing what you i'm doing if i was more rational <laughs> but you wouldn't be the, you wouldn't be the artist that you are and you no, also wouldn't true, be coming true. from the perspective that you're coming from and like the the show's got all the heart because of that, I would say. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so I think kinda, if you want to, if you, know. you if you want to work with me, if you want to be my lover, you need to. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking erratic. You got to get with my process. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I'll be honest with you, buddy. Honestly, appreciate your honesty. <laughs> we have this a cola. <laughs> You might need therapy after it. <laughs> no, but the therapy comes with the process. It's, it's all yeah. in, ingrained. It, it like... actually does, and actually, that is actually true, buddy. Because I, I could just like laugh that off, but no, it's not. It's an ama- it's amazing collaborating with you, and it's. I don't. I haven't needed therapy afterwards. I don't think so. It's all right. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's almost like you. I imagine you could probably come out of it like war survivors. Like you sort of it's like, ooh, you know, you pat yourselves off and then you sort of like, all right, we, we came through that experience and yeah. you come through it so, so much stronger because you've, in that vulnerability, it's like you've shown each other all your vulnerable points and that you get a trust and then a, you get a closeness from that too. So that's, that's I think massive. So. I think you so. go through a lot more than most emotion not emotionally but not it's it is a choice and it's self-inflicted so like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it does feel like that but that's why the show business is so weird because it's like oh it's been so <laughs> painful oh my goodness what a process it's like also i have this struggle with life because i'm just like well there are real people going through really really fucking big shit yeah. and this pain that we feel after oh we've given birth <laughs> to a play that makes people laugh makes people cry splits people in room reviews you know it's like you know uh, uh, yes i feel like that like it's hard hard uh, uh, a lot but on the scheme of things i have to fucking remember that you know i choose to do this there's probably one other career that i could do and that is like um hospitality which i really like 
like yeah. making people mm. feel good. And maybe yeah. that would be less painful for me to do that. But I choose, I choose, I have this choice to do this thing. And, 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 and then, you know, you know, yes, it is like that. It does feel like that, but also mm. there's very real shit as well. And it's, it's, it's a whole prong of like keeping perspective and I don't always manage it, you know, but I try yeah, to yeah. manage it. But I did that, um, I, I totally, you know, I know what you mean about that. Like, you know, there's people going through real hardships and, and trouble and stuff. But like, the thing is your work, like you are, you're going through something which is undeniable, but then also like people get, like the, what people get from the work you're actually making, like that, that heart and the struggle comes through in that work. And then the people who watch it, they might, you might have like solved or like unlocked something in somebody yeah, that's, that's so true. like nothing else could have got there. So like your, it's like your hands are reaching through into them and like, you know, they're massaging their heart or something. It's like, oh, that's lovely. it's really, um, or their brain or something. It's like, yeah, that I, I sort of, I understand what you mean. Like it's almost like a guilty feeling of, like, oh, I've got time to like uh, languish over this uh, yeah. bit of music, or and then somebody else who's like hasn't got a computer or something. Yeah. Like that. But I, I fully understand that. But I guess you, I guess it's the position we're in, and that's that. That's how our path is. I think that's gone. a beautiful point of what you're saying. It's really use and useful and brilliant to hear. Of like, yeah. I suppose we make stuff and sometimes if it's if it's good or if it reaches people musically, sound-wise or, yeah. or poetry-wise or theatre-wise and, and out of our great artists cause we, that we've listened to or watched grow, as we will grow up, we know what a, a direct impact that can have on yeah. somebody's life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's, so that's such a lovely thing and a really important thing to hold, hold on to and remember and sometimes you forget that. Mm. Um, so... Thank you for saying that because that's a really oh. useful thing that the world actually has to remember. I do. I just. Mm. I do hear it a lot with people who make stuff. Is that like it, people have this? It, and it is a bit of a guilt. It's like you know, I've got all this time to you know create and make stuff, but then not everyone does. Um, and it's yeah, it's a hard one because I, I don't really know. I don't quite know the way out of that feeling, but I guess it, it's. I think that it's. I don't, I don't really know how to conclude it really it's just a hard one to reconcile yeah yeah i don't know like if i don't know for me like if the if whether the opportunity came about to put parakeet or the show on or whatever or or uh or not i still think that i wouldn't have a choice but i would still have to be right writing and doing music do you know what i mean so i think that like i, I think that i can i can't feel guilty about it because it would be it would be coming out it would be coming out anyway yeah yeah okay so it looks like we're about halfway through the podcast at this point so i'm going to just put a little pause in the middle here as occasionally we have to put some adverts in there and um i want to just sort of leave a nice little space for that to happen so here is that and we will return to the podcast directly after see you soon hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, Jerry's uh, <laughs> next dog. I don't know if this has been picked up on the microphone. I hope so. I hope so too. Um, but Jerry is our next door neighbour, and uh, he often expresses himself playing electric guitar around about this time every day. Yeah, I forgot. Listen. But I mean, it is, and also other times too. He really mainly it's Bon Jovi. Yeah, but also Elena's playing it with a guitar. Right? Mm. Yeah, Elena's Morissette is a favourite, which I really enjoy, and. Um, and it's lovely because it means that we can make as much noise in this house yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I still need to do it. We've I've promised him that we're going to do. Um, a, is it Coldplay cover that we're going to do together? Yeah, they're going to ah. do like a Coldplay cover out because he, lo- he really likes Yellow, Jerry. <laughs> okay. And so they, we're going to. Jerry's going to be. Maybe that can happen today. You know, we should Gaz. do that today. Oh, um, no, no, Jerry's going to be there. And Gaz is going to be there and I'm going to film it and it's going to be beautiful. Because when we, when we were away in Edinburgh, we came home and Jerry was like, Gaz, Gaz, because they always talk about guitars and stuff. He's like, I've learned a new song. I've never seen him do this. It was beautiful. He was in the street and he just serenaded Gaz. Oh, amazing. With the song. And then he... Um, <laughs> so sweet. Yeah, and so then he's, lovely. he's given me his old acoustic guitar because yeah. he said he didn't want it anymore. And Gaz changes his strings and so it's like a... It's a it's, it's a, really nice to yeah. have a lovely neighbour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we might hear a bit of guitar. No, leave it in. That's good. I like I like a bit of Jerry now. That's cool. Before yeah. I was just sort of like, oh, is that going to creep in? But then it's like, wait, does it matter? It's all, part, it's it's all nice. part of the story it's of like we talk about creativity. Exactly. And, and actually, now we know a bit about him too. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's an amazing man. He's a great guy. Um, yeah, I think that's such an interesting, like, just a really important point that you brought up and. I think sometimes, like, we finally, like, I finally think that I find it hard to call myself an artist uh, or or talk about things like practice, which I only mm. really found out what that word was uh, two years ago. People talk about practice a lot around here in the the arts arts industry or anything that is a, like seems a little bit like taking it seriously. And yeah, I do take yeah. it very seriously. Yeah, but actually... I think I think it's good to go, all right, this is what I do and there is a reason for it. But I think also sometimes it can make friendships suffer when you just have to spend so much time, like, right, spending time with a script or music. Yeah, yeah. It can make family relationships suffer because you have to miss things or you have to miss, like, christenings or weddings or, yeah. you know. And so, so sometimes I, you go, oh, you know, I, 
making people that I or relationships suffer yeah. is like it's not a sacrifice it is but like I know that I always have to make art like what Gaz said yeah. but it's also really it's just like oh shit I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I want to I be there for my mates and I want to be there yeah. for the real things too. But, but and also if you had a nine to five, you'd have to make sacrifices too. I mean, there's like, yeah, you, know, you might yeah. have to work overtime and not get paid extra or like, it, it, there's so many there is, isn't what there? could happens involved in it. So I guess just, you know, the end result is the important thing and then you, you can navigate it how you like, I yeah. suppose. And yeah. 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 I mean, you, you'll miss stuff, but I mean, you can't be there for everything. So yeah. it's, it's all right. Yeah, it's it's a balance, isn't it? Like some things you're there for, some things you aren't. But the things you're there for, you'll be totally locked in and present for them. So yeah. As long as like Brie and Gaz show up as Brie and Gaz, mm-hmm. and you're not like <laughs> on, on your phones, like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, doing yeah, 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 which which I can't see you both doing. No, like, no, yeah. not at all, not at all. No. And I think that's one of the reasons why we started working together because. We enjoy each other's company. We like, we've always liked creatively, yeah. like exploring stuff. And then six years ago, it started that we started working together. And it's like, this is amazing because we get to be together, hang out, be creative, what we've always done, but then also have the reward of like the payoff yeah. of what the show is or what the expression is. And we share that. And it's like making little creative babies isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we haven't we had time family. for real ones but um but yeah, like we make, yeah, we make creative the creative ones, ones yeah just feel, just feel like that doesn't it yeah it does yeah, yeah massively yeah when I mean, is the i'd say there's a similar amount of time spent and nurturing and just yeah, yeah the, the time spent on on the on these creations it's sort of it's i mean obviously it's difference of being a parent but like it's uh, it just, it, there's a lot of you know you're making time you're focusing time on this collaborative projects which i guess it could be a baby or it could be a yeah. massive theater piece for it Edinburgh could, or... yeah and it does feel emotional and actually like going back to like when you spoke about we did edinburgh and we did like a full full run with like 21 dates or whatever and then afterwards we like felt we were like oh god that was like that was such a such a mass that wasn't a massive expression emotionally for us both and then we were like mm. we needed to we've needed to make sure that we've looked after each other yeah yeah in a different yeah. way like supportively emotionally yeah. af- afterwards as well and I suppose like it does sort of feel like it's quite it is a, a, a massive thing uh, not as big as like having a baby but it does sometimes feel as big yeah you know? I mean my mates that are mums especially would be so fucked off if I'm just like, yeah, so it's just, it's very much like giving birth. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, fuck off, yeah, mate. Shut, shut the fuck up. Do you know my reality and how it feels to have no sleep? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and, but yeah, no, yes, no, 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 no. Yeah. we have made loads of little creative babies, gas, yeah. and they've been lovely. Oh, shit, I've just hit the mic. Um, we have. And also, um, and also, something that leads on from that is like something that maybe I would like to start discussing with people is like, I wonder how, you know, we work with these three incredible uh, women. And I'd be interested, one of our main priorities in Edinburgh was to make sure, because we've done Edinburgh before, was to make sure that, like, they were having a positive experience and they were getting enough rest and they weren't yeah. being worked too hard. Because it's a, it's a big deal, isn't it? Like, when you, when you do the Edinburgh shows, like, if you've got a run of them, then it's just, like, the same thing every night for 
however many nights. Yeah. So that's going to take a toll. It is going to take a toll. And also you're surrounded, this town, which is this um, city, this city, incredible city, Edinburgh. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. Um, It is like, you know, the population more than doubles. And there's there's, uh, thespians around the street constantly and industry yeah. and like it's just you can't move and uh and you know this whole i remember bumping into um a, a lady a young lady who was promoting a flyer and she was just like i'm an introvert and i just didn't expect <laughs> i just don't know how to deal with all this energy oh, and God, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's like being at a festival which yeah. it is for a month and yeah. you think you know but like I, I, so that was one of our main like our yeah, main, I like our main things when we're up there is like we've got to be strong. Mm. I've got to be strong for these young actors that are so like, we didn't working really, there. We didn't really off. watch much. I didn't. I didn't watch much of the theatre and stuff because yeah. it was just kind of like because yeah, the priority just, was the cast, the 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 people that we we're working with and our and, and looking after each other. Yeah, well, yeah, you've got to be <laughs> yeah. there for your team, haven't you? Yeah, like, and you, you not like not like you're taking a parental role for them but like you, you do have to sort of i guess with your experience of the industry and other productions you've done like you have to you, you're sort of giving them advice on what to look out for and like okay like you you need to rest now or yeah perhaps it's not the best idea to go and do that or, not that they're unruly or <laughs> yeah. like they're reckless, basically like, you can't be the ones that are like up at the end of every night like yeah, with it, like going, yeah! you know like just getting absolutely wrecked of your faces because obviously that's not necessarily and they had a really great time and they did go out and they did watch loads of theater mm. and i think also you're being reviewed as well so performances yeah. are being reviewed and, and yeah every things night like that. is the first performance pretty yeah. much yeah, yeah. So. and so like things are coming out in papers yeah. and like friends and, you know, you just need to protect that as well because that can be really and like the, the insane thing. The insane thing was like um, uh, Amy Nimi, who was our stage manager, was uh, amazing at helping us out with sort of like the get-ins and get-outs. But one of the main challenges that the sound crew had was that we had to. Uh, load in to our venue in 10 minutes and load out in 10 minutes as well oh yeah so you so there's all these logistics so it's like loading every night so your your set isn't just uh, no, I guess it's not in one no. you set up so, all the time. So there's it? like so. something like 10 or 11 performances per day. Of course, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know what I was thinking. And so, no, no, no. You've got the like, parakeet building. Yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But, but no, but I mean, totally, like the, the normal the normal scenario would be that you would be the only people in that theatre space, so you leave your gear up. But no, and so, yeah. like, and a big part of it was, like, also, like, being able to... I think there was sort of about 17 or 18 channels worth of like musical instruments Ooh, to like boy. get plugged in and all the rest of it. And so we like, had to like develop the show in a way that like, so that we could roll everything in and then just like plug it all into one plug, hope that yeah. everything works. Cause as well, like leads are the most frustrating thing oh, in the God, world. Yeah. Like, you know, and there's always like something needs to be changed. There's always like a big panic, but I think that just because of the logistics of like getting the show in, and out every day as well that was another thing that was like i remember amy and i just being like every day just being like okay i think we've done all the checks but when we get into the space and there's those 10 minutes to load in i'm pretty sure there'll be something that goes wrong and be like yeah okay cool and there was like (laughs) every time time. and also and then making sure the atmosphere is then calm for the actors to warm up in those seven minutes and then but a lot of the time whilst me and amy just like going oh my god we'll be setting up all our props and then like often because it's edinburgh there'd be storms 
Because all of the all of the oh, because yeah. we're in an outside venue, so all of the equipment had to be like literally stored in a shed. We yeah. bought a shed and we stored it outside. But then, um, when it was raining, we had to just like have loads of big like um, sheets, tarpaulin things like over us, like whilst we were like. And I would like oh. be plugging in like yeah, that's real treacherous turf isn't it, it was when it's raining insane. and you've got like all that musical gear around like you can get properly electrocuted can't you <laughs> yeah, like, totally. or, or, or like if the stage is wet you can be zapped like, it was just, it was it was yeah. madness i remember like under like the tap on there's like we'd be setting up like the the like the drum but the spdsx sampler like two keyboards laptop um another speaker two electric guitars and they would all be like just done under this thing and then we'd like all like like roll it in like while sheltering <laughs> under the rain it's like, just, like, like those chefs <laughs> tables like when you got to run from, like I see a master chef and like they got to run this like thing of food yes I've like, seen that it's exactly building like to building. that it's like yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly like that. Yeah. It's, cool. it was it's the same pressure. Exactly the and, same. and there was one show where the the, the 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 thunderstorm was so massive that people thought it was part of the sound design. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like, "That was so amazing!" How, how did you get you that, had that thunderclap? Thund- yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it was a big. The show ended and it ends in a really beautiful way, and that and that the, there was a massive rumble of thunder. That was amazing. <laughs> it just felt the power of these these young people were so strong but uh, also what i was thinking about and what for all the arts industries uh, or any industry with a ma- when you're putting on a massive project of, is like after like not after not after care but looking after the looking after the people afterwards because i have yeah, had a few yeah. edinburghs that i felt like mentally and physically uh really ill after yeah. and and so i think going forward as industries it'd be really interesting to have that conversation as after such a big feat yeah. i think part of the mental health thing within the music industry and with the arts industry part of it a segment of it is going from job to job and and you know putting yeah. so much into a job yeah and then dealing with th- those thoughts and dealing with with all of that you know obviously there's highs and there's lows within that massive like work thing and how as industries we take care of each other afterwards yeah. is a real big kind of question and, and something yeah. that I'm quite passionate about and quite interested in yeah of like trying to make better yeah because yeah, it, it's like it's an intense situation the performance in an intense environment which is the fringe or or a tour or a and, tour yeah and then it's also like that being able to sort of look after each other is weird because a lot of the time there's competition and then there's sort of if you're your own little family on a tour um, and you come across another band like you're probably not going to check in on them and say like hey are you, yeah. you alright like how has it been like you might just be like oh, what's up yeah I've always so, found that with yeah. music There's always, that was something that I ended up not liking about being in bands was the competitive sort of feeling between when when you're out on tour yeah. sometimes it's a bit competitive and I especially find that with boys uh, yeah, so I, I, prefer, I prefer working with, with women because it's like all of that bravado and that competitive crap is just out of the window a little bit more. Especially in hip hop, my experiences with hip hop. Really, it's the same. <laughs> well, thing, not, right? not everyone. I mean, like, actually, I, I, I've been totally fortunate in that. That's good. Any any tour I've been on has actually been like amazing, and the people I've been on have been like totally the loveliest people ever. But I have seen it in other like support bands or like. It was just a hearsay and like gossip and stuff. I was like, fucking, how did you manage that without doing something terrible to yeah. yourself? Like, it, oh God, it's yeah, awful. Like not looking after each other. Z- yeah, zero care or like zero sort of support for each other. And yeah. it's like, 
I don't, yeah, like, I wonder why some people do insane things or like mm. don't come out of it as they should. Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah. Like, even like the the nature in just the support bands uh, and the main headliner. Yeah, and then yeah. I remember like you know when you're first on, you you know this as well. You've been. Lots of bands, but when you're first on, Bree's always been top billing. She hasn't ever had to support anyone. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> but uh, when you're first on, you you often like you watch everybody else sound check, and then you often yeah. like just be like the the technicians just be go, all right, you're actually going to play in five minutes, so we're just going to literally just yeah. chuck you on. Mind check. <laughs> but you're going to have probably no monitors whatsoever. Yeah. Go for it. Have a great gig, and you yeah. just be like, what the hell? <laughs> Is makes that, oh, you, by, by the makes way, you better though. It does make you better. You, really like <laughs> you earn your rosettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. completely. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. Like, and I think that theatre is um, all the industry, all the artists' industries are like they're, they're, all, they're all they're all a little bit different. And I think that and I think that theatre is really striving to be better for um, for supporting sort of like uh, mental illness and also for kind of like uh, supporting. Uh, artists before and after the processes but mm. uh, we're all sort of still striving to make that better but at least theatre is trying and actually music could probably learn a thing or two oh, they're, try- yeah. then they're trying to there are yeah. initiatives it's just it's just it, I think we've got I think we've got a long way to go and I think that's to do with funding and stuff yeah. as well yeah, which sure. is all is not often there but it is interesting mm. to think about especially after the process that we've been through and when you're speaking about big subjects like the the politics and nature, yeah. all things that we feel really um, uh, yeah. passionate and emotional about. Yeah. And also after Parakeet in Edinburgh, I'm really interested to how how I can take more small actions around me. Yeah. To put, like, yeah. In, uh, put, put, wrap around our shows or in my everyday life of like to make the activism that is put into the work yeah. tr- translate for me and so be more tangible. So it's not just the show and it ends yeah. there. It's like you're, you're trying to make it echo out into your daily life da- yeah, yeah that's exactly it so they're my big two learning curves yeah. and that I loved working with our cast and yeah. and, and, and uh, you know and team and it was really it was a really interesting yeah, we had an process an amazing team yeah, uh, yeah. The, 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 create, the creative team and the producers and everybody were brilliant Alex Noble is a, a local artist who designed our costumes and stuff all out of ethical uh, clothes like all waste oh, materials cool. uh, we got donated stuff from Kathleen ha- Kathleen Hamlet all their their t-shirts they couldn't use anymore and oh, also nice. trade donated to our project and then all these amazing costumes were made yeah from- yeah that's like, yeah I saw like some of the press shots and like some of the videos from it it just looks like it's just such a feast it's so interesting yeah thanks pretty. and the, but like that as well as the the, the music and then like the, the drama of it all as well it's like such a like really well thought out kind of just a really engaging concept like the whole thing and Thanks, that yeah, thank you awesome, and that was awesome. like boom shakalaka are really good at galvanizing talent together and meshing it together oh, yeah i was gonna yeah, yeah i was yeah. gonna ask you about boom shakalaka so like what's what was your what's your relationship with them like when when did you sort of hook up with, with those well things? they started working with us when we first did our performance of my beautiful black dog yeah um that was years ago. So um, I was going to ask you about that. Do you, mm. do you want to do you want to talk about that, or have you kind of? No, I can talk about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So I got quite ill in my mid to late twenties um, 
with a depression and anxiety. I didn't realise what it was at the time. And at the time, the, the discussions that being have had around those um, subjects weren't being really had, especially not in our group of friends. And yeah. um, <clears throat> it was quite isolating and I didn't really know what was going on with me because I'd always been quite um, an upbeat sort of person, I so suppose. So did, did, sort of, did it hit you quite suddenly or did you always have a feeling that it was... Like a like a time bomb waiting or no, I didn't have that feeling. I think it crept up. I felt like it, it was something that crept up. Yeah, I yeah. just started uh, stop, stopped wanting to leave the house or wash or uh, and I, I suppose there was probably social circumstances going on, but there um, like you know stuff going on around. But also it was like losing the energy to mm. live. I suppose yeah, and to yeah. do all the things that I loved and. Gaz was like part of it, uh, but not part of it. But he was not part of it. But he was there. Was, <laughs> you know, yeah, he was yeah, the only yeah. one that I was, was there. The, uh, the problem. It was Gaz. <laughs> no, it was Gaz. It's, not, it's not one thing. It's a, it's a blend of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and it? And yeah, that probably yeah. something that had always been a bit there. And I hadn't realised. If I think back, there was moments when I was much younger that that hinted towards that that, that could be something yeah, that, that, yeah. that I would. Uh, that would hit me later in life, yeah, yeah. but I also stopped performing and st- stuff. Um, so was, was it like? Was it? Uh, did it take a hit on your creative work as well? Like, were you still making things? Or? That's really interesting. So I think that from I, I've, from my perspective on uh, this at this time that Bree's talking about, it definitely did make an impact on Bree's output creatively. This um, is really cool, by the way, because I was like, um, it's, it's really nice to ask. <laughs> no, no, this is perfect because I'm asking. Brie, I'm asking you about what happened, but then it's really actually nice to get guys your, your view from <laughs> yeah. the outside because you might pick up on stuff that Brie didn't. Yeah, didn't totally. At the time. Yeah, there's it's like really, there's, really a, good. there's a different like angle. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I didn't mean between, to interrupt. It's just like, no, no, no. It's really cool. Like, and between yeah. us both, will probably it will probably make sense. But I think I think that we it did have an impact on Brie's output. And then, um, but the way that Brie and I have always sort of like our relationship has always been about um, about talking about what our next creative projects are and this, that, and the other. And I think that uh, from from those depths, when we were in those depths of of, of depression, uh, I think that we started talking about well, what could we do next, and what is the thing. And then I remember that Brie uh, reached out to her very close friend who is our director Laura Keith. Laura Keith directed My Beautiful Black Dog and mm-hmm. she also just directed Parakeet for us as well. Oh, right. okay. And you called her up one day and was like, I want to come and meet you and then she went and met her and like knocked on her door or something and just be like, I want to make a show with you. I think <laughs> it might be a show about the way that I feel. And um, <laughs> and then and then uh, and then that was kind of like the first that was the first like thing that you did which was like to like almost like to like stop yourself from falling. And then I just yeah. remember that the way that it was developed was that I remember that you and I would be like, we were in the kitchen uh, of our flat in Leytonstone. And um, I just remember like there'd be nights where we'd be like having a glass of wine or whatever. And I'd just be like doing some riffs on the guitar. And uh, and Brie, you'd just like, for, like the first ways of getting or clawing out some sort of like creative thing might have been, uh, yeah. what ended up being the first verse of the first song in our show or whatever and I'd be like ah oh, that was the thing that we got for tonight and then the next night oh, would be wow. something yeah, similar yeah, yeah. and it was it's just like from a... and it was and it ended up being such a literal thing because it was just like we were writing about like exactly what was happening in that room at that exact time yeah and it, yeah. that was and it ended up being like a um, 
for me, it was amazing because from my perspective as being as being the partner of um, of, of Brie while she was going through that, mm. it was amazing to all of a sudden know what to do to help. Yeah, because like, I think in that position is like the the the, the biggest struggle as being the partner is like you do not know what to do no it's like no, no. you, you can it. be like you know like uh we, you don't know what what's right or wrong it's like should we go for a glass of wine actually is that wrong should we do this do you want to do this creative thing do you want to should we just mm. watch tv should we watch a film and like really like just being there is everything but then having that 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 moment of like being like ah maybe we could do a show I think that Brie really wants to do a show and that was a really amazing moment for me because then it was like I ploughed all of my creative energy into doing that with Brie this is the thing I can I can do this thing to help yeah because you know how helpful and like how how that will get you out of that yeah and then and then that sort of that sort of worked and um uh and then we brought Laura Keith and Laura Keith offered us um her time as well the director and 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 sort of got some weeks in uh, the Young Vic, actually, one week. one week in the Young Vic, <coughs> uh, which was uh, with with some actors to with sort two of actors, yeah. uh, to to to, wow. to put up some of the work and to see how it was, it was to yeah. see how it was looking. But it was it was so raw, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then it ended up being that from that process, we ended up at also developing workshops around mental health as well because I just felt that that process that I'd been through with Brie and Brie felt the same way as well, was like something that we could maybe bring into a workshop scenario and say like, look, this we're not saying that creativity is the key for everything, but we are just saying yeah. that this worked for us. Yeah, you got so first-hand success so, pretty much. So we'll, yeah. we're just going to show you what we did when we were in this really hard place, and yeah, if that yeah. resonates with you, then cool. <laughs> yeah, but with the workshops, we so once we'd made the show, um, Gemma... Kenny came to see it with somebody that was working with Boom at the time called Rachel Tyson, um, who's a great theatre producer, and Gemma just started Boom Shakalaka. And our producer at the time, which was called Iron Shoes, I don't think they're... They run Northwall Theatre in Oxford, and okay. we knew them for a long time um, through, 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 through being young, yeah, me with MIT, because yeah. John Hogarth used to be the head of MIT with a man called Paul Roseby. So they knew, they, yeah, yeah, National right. Youth Theatre. Um, so they were, they were, so Iron Shoes were the developing producers. Once the product was made, that uh, they'd got pregnant. They were a couple, and they got pregnant, and so they had to sort of step away. But we were proud of the show yeah. and it got a really good response we'd done it once at the bush i think and and, and we had a conversation and jem said well we didn't know what to do with it next and we didn't have producers and we didn't know and jem was like well, well i think that i'd like to maybe get it help you get it to edinburgh so yeah. then we we sort of that was the beginning of boom shakalaka not i well, not we weren't the beginning it was always gonna be more radio focused yeah, but yeah, yeah. we crowd fundraised for to take it to Edinburgh, mm. which was really good for the promotion of it because it was when people, apart from like Ruby Wax and another really great artist, what's her name? Oh, I can't remember her name. I'll come back name. to it. Yeah, I'll, I'll Google it while we, yeah, while we go. Yeah, yeah, um, another great theatre artist recently. that had been talking about mental health for years, but there wasn't, there wasn't, it wasn't as in, in the press, even though that really people really, the government really need to step forward with the funding. But, yeah. you know, it's way more a subject that, people are talking about now yeah definitely mm-hmm. just through sheer like it's, yeah but like pe- people are just becoming more comfortable with it and that's so huge it's really yeah, good yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Absolutely. really good it just needs the money to back it up yeah, so yeah, people yeah. aren't on the waiting list for years yeah, um yeah. 
but it's really good that that's happened. But at the time, it wasn't, so we didn't realise that once we put the Kickstarter out, it got such a huge response, and then the show was really good, and we'd worked really hard on it, and and Boom Shakalaka helped us uh, produce the workshops um, mm. with or, or set up the links with the Welcome Collection to uh, Welcome Trust to they funded the research and development of the workshops after our. A smash hit and obviously we, 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 we got to through them as well actually be able to speak to experts in the field so it wasn't yeah. just as it yeah. wasn't just like us it was like it was something that was um yeah that, like, that, that a, a collaboration with um uh, psychiatrists and mental health experts oh, wow. yeah and so it was kind of cool and so this like, really solid solid yeah. workshop came yeah. out of it so whenever we did sorry whenever we did the show we'd always have the workshop as a bolt-on and often a Q&A which I are after which I find quite hard to do after a show but yeah. still very useful to is it to, is it yeah. the randomness of the questions or is it like do you, do you feel on the spot or is it just it's weird after performing to then have just, You're in that sort of left brain mode almost, like after you performed. Or... Mm-hmm. For I me, mean, definitely. What do you think? I just want gin and tonic. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I want a gin and tonic. But so. I know it's really useful. You're talking about like just now. Right? No, <laughs> no, no, not now. But after a show, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But I know, but you know what? I do know that how, and actually whenever I do the, we do the Q&As, they're, re- like, they're really, they're really I suppose my beautiful black was black dog was so emotional that mm. that I was just like oh my god, give yeah, me a gin. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. but the Q and A's are, are really important for the audience and actually to yeah. look after the audience so yeah. the audience can express themselves too. So well, it's you know probably I, I get the impression of it being the kind of thing where after a show the last yeah like the, the first thing you want to do is get a gin and tonic the last thing you want to do is answer questions on this and you just yeah. but that's probably the best thing for you at that point it it's is. just like well I've just I've just had this moment and then now probably you know it's like you know we're talking about exercise like the hardest thing for me has been trying to run like consistently because I, I never used to run ever, ever 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 no running at all but I like, recently I've picked it up but like sometimes the hardest thing to do you wake up is like I could sleep for another two hours comfortably it'd be the easiest thing to do yeah. Yeah. but sometimes like those things the, the the really tricky things in your head it's like oh, like you've got to psych yourself up but that mm. can be the exact thing you, you need to do so I, I think I think it's really think, true I think that's the best thing like to say because I think Q&A's are really important it's just another hard thing that you've yeah, got to do yeah, after yeah. that hard thing oh it's thing. tough yeah but I think to look after your audience members and also to have like connection and yeah. revelation and more discussion ah, so, is so, so important. Yeah, and it's really cool for you to do that as well. Like it's a really nice way of you putting yourself out there to to just be there for people. Because and also like I see at some Q and As where like anyone got any questions? Awkward British silence. Yeah, one person puts their hands up. Any more questions? Two hands go up. Any more questions? Five hands go up. And then suddenly it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've got, got, got something. And then while you're listening to somebody talk, it's like, well, what could I ask? What could I ask? And you're not listening to the person speaking. But it's like, yeah. everyone gets all inspired. And it's infectious. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's oh, really I've got a question. It's, yeah. it's lovely. And also, yeah, I suppose the fear yeah. is, and the fear with Q&As and the fear with any sort of, like, I mean, they're different things to Q and A's, but questions about the creative process is like, mm. what are you going to ask? What are you going to ask? Oh, leave me alone! <laughs> but it's always really nice. So I don't yeah. know what I don't know what I don't know why I'm scared. It's like it's being scared of the academia as well. Yeah, yeah. So that is Some, another thing yeah. why I hate. It. I just want gin and to dance. It's like no, like don't be scared of the academia. You, I'm allowed to be here like everybody else. 
I feel like in a, a Q&A with you guys would be much more sort of for the benefit of everyone. It's like, yeah, we're all, we're all, we've all got these questions and then it's like, oh, that person's feeling the same. And it's like anything about mental health, it's like you, you just want to know that somebody else has experience or is going through what you're going through and maybe you can see your way out of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Totally. Naturally or, or just actively yeah. yeah and also nothing that you you don't have to be profound and i suppose that's yeah. the pressure isn't it of just i've got to say something that means something to somebody or whatever yeah, yeah, and actually yeah. sometimes you just get it wrong and i think that's all right i get it wrong and that's yeah. all right you yeah, know yeah, yeah. i mean the worst was i don't i don't know how you're doing this because like i've never chaired anything before like i had to chair a panel i got asked to chair a panel you guys before. make it very easy for me by the way so. oh. <laughs> that's true <laughs> like, like there's one point when you guys you, you said something it's like Yep, I've got that on my notes there. <laughs> don't have to awkwardly crowbar that in. Thank you. Thanks. Sorry for you going. No, don't worry. I had to chair a panel um, because I said yes to and I curated with my friend Victoria Barra-Williams who used to be head of education at Dreamland and now gone freelance as a kind of uh, events organiser and right. art mind. She commissioned the Tina Turner head Ugh. to go to Dreamland. I don't know if you saw it, but it's a big no. black Tina Turner head that's kind of beautiful oh, and brilliant I... and you can do karaoke in it. Yes, now I've seen pictures around it i didn't experience it in real life it was for yeah. the celebrations around margate festival turner prize and so she she created the tina turner prize oh. um, and she's an advocate for like getting unheard voices within the arts and accessibility she's brilliant and we had this opportunity to create a panel together um uh, around diversity in arts which i know is overused subject but actually mm. for someone like kent it's not, yeah. And like, right, right. but I know, uh, you know, in the in the media, people are like, I'm sick of people talking about diversity. But I think for Kent yeah. and Margate, it's still a really important subject pe- to talk about. I also because think that people especially- get really sick of words. Yeah, but it's like it's not that. Yeah, I understand the word diversity. Everybody's using the word, but it just doesn't make the issue any less important. important. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> representation. That, yeah, is yeah important. that's like the the friction of change, though, isn't it? It's like yeah. that people are sort of like, oh. Oh, I keep having to hear this word, but it's like yes, and you're going to keep having yeah. to hear this word until it's not a word anymore. Yeah, you have to keep using yeah. It. So just yeah, just like stick with it and just wait, like ride the change because it's going to happen. Yeah. You're part of it or yeah, not. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Chill. Yeah, it's true. And also, we hardly spoke about actual diversity. We just tried to represent with our programming of, and so the discussion just had. But I had to chair it, yeah. and my god. I was shaking. And my God, I planned, I had Vix help me with the questions. Gem's spent half an hour... Gemma Kenny from Boom Shackalaka. Who was on the panel as well. Hour, who was on the panel. Spent half an hour with me going through the questions. But when I was there, it's like had like um, Roxanne Tatain, incredible artist, Jackie Hagen, incredible Manchester poet, um, yeah. and uh, disability Tempest. and working class act- activist, Kate Tempest. We oh, managed yeah. to get get Kate to come along and she asked to do a poem at the end. I was like, oh, let me do a poem, Brie. I was like, yes, of course. <laughs> and, like, don't know, Kate, stuff. we're a bit pushed for yeah, time. I think. Was, yeah. it, um, uh, Asifa Lahore, who's an incredible trans drag queen it was a really I'm just trying to think who else and Victoria was on the panel it was a really beautiful event. Um, oh, and a Jovial um, an incredible new artist yeah I remember seeing the, the pictures of this actually I wasn't there for it but I, yeah I, I, I remember it when it was happening, like the pictures was just like that lineup is insane. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of my it most proudest uh, programming to me that me yeah, fixed in. I was awesome. just like all favourite people in a line chatting yeah. together about accessibility and representation and arts and all sort of stuff. Yeah. But me as a bloody chair, there was times where I went so. Uh, <laughs> 
I actually did that. I just went, so uh, my next question, uh, and made that noise. And then everybody just slowly turned their heads. And I was like, I was so nervous. I was breaking down. And like, yeah. it was, the, the, the yeah, convention but, uh, was very can I, weird. Can I, I actually it say hard. that? Like, it was like, yeah, that that is Lucky true. That, that did actually happen. What Bree just said. But the thing that, all that really happened, Bree, was that just that everybody was just sort of laughed with you and understood why that would happen like, as an audience member. Mm-hmm. And then it was just, everybody was just like on each other's side. That, that, that discussion was incredible because everybody was really supportive of each other. And that, that was the mm-hmm. point of it. Wasn't it? Yeah, I but, suppose. But yeah, I know what you. It's I, that fear of academia, you know. Yeah, yeah, being yeah. the person chairing, and I can't totally. even read the questions that I've written down. Um, uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> anyway, I digress. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's. I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed by that. Like, I mean, yeah, like this thing. But me doing this, I, I find it. I don't find it easy. Talk, having one-on-one or one-on-two conversations like i mean this is this isn't just sort of like yeah i just roll up i'll be unprepared i'll just have a little chat like i've, I've got I things ready to, yeah. to talk about like and there's things that i want to know too but like it doing this it doesn't mean that i'm good at public speaking like i'm not necessarily scared of it but i understand the shake yeah you know, the shaky hand the dry mouth the sweat and that kind of thing it's like doing this it's it's controllable it's like i've organized the time to speak to you guys you've got the time i've got the equipment we, we set up and we chat but then if it's just a random huge crew of people that i've never met anyone before and it's like anything could happen i think it's that and, and yeah the academia thing as well it's sort of every self-doubt i have immediately is fighting for exposure and, yeah and there's people waiting for me to fuck up which I will, <laughs> and then <laughs> like it's just just the too many odds. But yeah, I mean, like weirdly, like DJing, I've had it in times where I've fluked these massive sets somehow or other, and um, I've I've been fine. Like yeah, if there's a massive crowd and I'm just playing music, it's different. But I guess it's because I'm not speaking and it's not that spontaneous. I guess if you're holding an, a live microphone, it's like I could say anything at this point, <laughs> anything, yeah, the worst shit ever or the most funny thing ever. But it's like having a blank piece of paper. I have that exact same fear. I, I've always had that. I feel really comfortable. I feel really comfortable singing, uh, yeah. and and oh, performing. It's a lovely and, singer. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, and and, um, uh, and and playing and playing the music or whatever. But my biggest fear was always in a gig was just the bit in between the songs. Banter. Yeah. I I just hate it. <laughs> Absolutely hate it. And I remember like previously, you've actually like 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 coached me we've been like in the living room or whatever and it's just like and what are you gonna say now are you gonna introduce songs like okay i'll be all right i'll just i'll I'll come up with something well so what do you how do you treat it do you treat it like you're talking to do you do the thing where you you speak to the audience as if it's you're speaking directly to one person or like how do you i how do you address banter i've not mastered it and that's right. the honest truth. I've really not. The only time that the only time that it's ever really like worked for me, I've realised is that if I don't try and be funny or do the banter, it only really works if I actually say, "This is the next song. It's about this," and then that's that's about as far Skip as I banner. can go. <laughs> that, that was the end of that song. This is the start of the next song. Two, three, four. That's about as good as I've got. That's but, enough, though. I mean, that some people don't. Be, there's zero banter. I've been in some shows where it's like, 
Oh, you're not gonna talk. Okay, okay. <laughs> Maybe it might be something that I, it's something that I need to work on, to be honest, buddy. But uh, yeah. but this one, Bree, she'll just she's fine. Like yeah. just totally like has just got that banter in between songs, but not on a panel. I don't think in, like, between, in between songs, songs. you were great though. Yeah, because I like playing. I've I've stayed for so long. I like yeah, just, she just chat with everybody. Yeah. It's just <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Amazing. Oh yeah, I remember like yeah the uh, the Elsewhere show. Like it was. I think you because yeah, I think at one point you were reading from a script or like you were reading the sort of preamble bit, but then I could tell that the, there were parts that the bits where you weren't reading from a script or it was the spontaneous bit. That was where you were you were in it and I mean yeah yeah like, most comfortable. That was where you were, you, you shining. Do you, do you remember that one performance where um where you left the stage and I was uh, on stage on my own? Yeah. <laughs> Great, great, great. <laughs> it was like, and um, and the only thing that I can actually liken it to is like, do you know Wayne's World when Wayne leaves Garth on his own? It's like there, with my guitar. Did you like, was it a costume change that you did or something? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, absolutely problem. horrible. So <laughs> did you just vamp for a bit and just like, what? No, like literally just went, just went really, really red. It was, it was oh. just exactly like Wayne's World with Wayne and Garth. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, uh, I think I said something like, uh, I don't normally talk. Uh, <laughs> Bree's doing the bit from Wayne's someone. World. Let's see where this goes. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. No, it's a real talent being able to talk to the audience. It's, there's really, it's really amazing. And actually, to be honest, I always really, really love the artists that do chat and you sort of like feel feel a bit of their heart mm. and personality. So like full respect to it. We went to go and see um Jarvis Cocker recently, uh oh, yeah. with his new band Jarvis. do you say Jarvis? Is that how his new band is I don't know. You have to tell me, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I but um it. but he part of his show is like obviously an amazing musician and songwriter, but just what he's got to say was just as impactful as the mm-hmm. music as an artist and wow. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, amazing when we went to see Bikini Kill. Oh, yeah, um, at Brixton Academy. That was a good. That was the same. Like the songs are so sick, and their musicianship of just like that punk musicianship of like changing instruments and like that was my best gig of the year. And just, but then the the political kind of opinion pieces uh rousing incredible like like bringing together women and trans people and people from everywhere and kicking back against things and it was just so beautiful i was i felt so privileged to be able to and also amazing amazing that there was like to say there was like um uh it become it became really obvious to me that you don't see bands of uh of women that are uh, more mature, uh, you don't see that. Mm. And it was so, so fucking amazing Powerful. to Powerful. see incredible. like these three, four, sorry, incredible, incredible women uh, that are a bit more mature and, 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 uh, uh, and, and to see them thrashing it out. And it was like, and so it, good. but mainly just because of the reasons it's like, why do I, I always see men in their yeah. 50s I always see that. Why do I yeah. never see the women? The, the you know, and no, right. it's like that's and that's just like a sign in itself as to, as to where we're at. Like with things like equality, you know, yeah. it's like we've still got a long way to go. No, oh, yeah, so yeah, like if if that's a really sort of like 
jarring scene to see like yeah like mature women on stage as a band it's yeah it's like like you know it it was so it was so inspiring it was so exciting it just made my whole body tingle um, for days it made me remember who i was i mean they're totally different reference points but just made me remember who I was as an artist and as a person. Yeah. It was such a good gig. Yeah, it was. It's so cool moment. to have those experiences still. It's like, it's, it just shows it. It's like, okay, I'm not jaded. I'm not yeah. like all, all the shit that we've gone through or whatever. It's like, you, you know, you, you've still got that. Yeah. You're still yeah. able to have that buzz and like, <laughs> Yeah, you're not all rusty or... Sort of... <laughs> yeah, like you feel sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And that's what gigs can do, gigs and performing can do, can't it? It can really, like, that that feeling that you can... Go on. No. I know, sorry, I thought he was going to say something. That was a yeah. wave of agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the, the, um, that is what... When, when, when you can share that experience with an audience, it can really sort of wake up that, the bits of yourself that make you remember who you are. Yeah. You can have those really amazing, massive moments when you're watching amazing performers yeah. or bands, can't you? What's important to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What changes Realign you yourself. Yeah. Love that about music and gigs and stuff yeah that's what it's all about isn't it we need to start going we should all start going to the the, the bands that they've got here that are coming to margate now and stuff yeah amazing elsewhere awesome. and tom thumb but, but it's, it's so it's, so like, so it's weird it's, there's there's almost like paralysis by choice there's like there's always oh like the flyers like oh it's a new flyer for something there's, yeah. nothing, there's nothing going on it's like I, I can't keep up i mean i, I should try and keep up because i used to do that i used to go to gigs a lot yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. I need to get more into it. Jerry's waving at us. Oh, hey, Jerry, hey, Jerry, we like your guitar. It's our neighbour who was playing oh, earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bye, yeah, mate. Bye. So he said he's jam, and now he's going <laughs> to take the dogs for a walk. Yeah, oh, he, he just Jerry was just waving at us. It's so like quiet now. Jerry's gone. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to identify the songs. I couldn't quite get no, it. No, I couldn't. I thought that it was playing Jet. Uh, Are you going to be my girl at one point? But I, oh, well. I, I don't know if that was actually. It might have not been that song. I want to hear him practicing Coldplay. You got your performance coming up. Yeah, yeah. we need to, to get, get on. on. I think you should do it today while the weather's nice. <laughs> yeah. um, yo, Bree and Gaz, you've been amazing. This has been completely inspiring, and I feel refueled after talking to you both. Oh, like, it's, it's, honestly, it's so it's so nice to chat to you guys. And I really wanted to like I wanted to catch up with you after Edinburgh and then sort of see where you're at with it. Uh, as I say, like uh, yeah, before the buzz kind of wears off and you're onto the next thing, but mm. also just kind of catch up and just have a have a chat. So yeah, yeah thank thanks, you. thanks, guys. I've just, loved yeah, it lovely. too. Yeah, nice you've been. One. It's been. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. You thank didn't. You, so you didn't climb up once. You didn't go. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a not a sense of that. I just of. felt comfortable actually. Yeah, yeah, same. And it felt a bit like therapy. Yeah, yeah, there was some like there's some things I wanted, I wanted to go deep into that stuff, but I think we've sort of you, you kind of covered it. I think it's like we if, can come back to it, though. Yeah, we can one. come back to it. And yeah, I think that like, yeah, like there's we'll be doing, I think we'll be performing those songs from My Beautiful Black Dog for a long time to come, and there'll be lots of opportunity to sort of like come and experience it as well. Mm. Oh, yeah, and there's an album online of it. Yeah, there is, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, okay, so this is a good chance to ask you, where can we hear, see, follow, all that stuff? Like, yeah. what, what's the what's the thing you update most, and where can we hear stuff like right now? Got it. So we've got... Um, the My Beautiful Black Dog album is available on just all all of the usual stuff. Spotify, Spotify and iTunes. And iTunes. Um, Bandcamp 
as well, isn't yes, it? And Bandcamp. Because I was like, yeah, I was having a listen last night, and I want to, um, yeah, because like Bandcamp sometimes it's the most direct way of supporting you, yeah. and yeah, but also you get the true, high quality formats as well. Yeah, brilliant. Thank so. you actually for saying that. Yeah, because it is. It's a lot more compressed, isn't it, on the other formats? Yeah, like on Bandcamp, you Sounds can get the AIFF flack or whatever. Yeah, that's good. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks you. Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, <laughs> so there's that. And then uh, also we've got a show coming up at the Gulbenkian Theatre on the 5th of December, um, which is going to be a matinee and an evening performance and of Parakeet. Canterbury, Canterbury. Yeah, and that's at Canterbury. And, uh, and I'll do a plug for the Quiet Boy stuff as well, which is uh, also available on Bandcamp, Spotify, uh, and that's just my own personal music. And I'll be probably gigging that next year as well. Cool. Have you got new Quiet Boy stuff coming out then? Or... Uh, well, I've been writing a lot for it. So I think that I'll probably put it, start putting it together in a live format uh, around, I think, around about Easter next year. Some, cool. some, some sort of maybe March, April sort of time. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Such beautiful so... music that I've the, still got, the boy like, makes. Yeah, there's one song from Parakeet that's still... It, comes into my head most days <laughs> oh um, yeah i'm that's called i'm on a ledge oh beautiful <laughs> yeah thanks man. that's so lovely i mean yeah hearing that elsewhere it's been in that it's been in my head for we need to we need to record all the parakeet stuff as well don't we yeah we will. we'll get we'll on get that round to mm-hmm. it um, we'll, we'll get, get on that and you can follow us on instagram i'm brigitte Aphrodite. and i'm um, very quiet boy is it on instagram you think so but yeah, <laughs> you are, yeah a very, very quiet boy very it's either a very quiet boy or a very quiet boy yeah i'll I put just, up links don't worry about it it's just they didn't have quiet boy so i had to just do something different very quiet boy <laughs> <I think. laughs> extremely yeah. very quiet boy. painfully quiet boy <laughs> mute boy yeah all right thanks guys thank thanks, you Didn't I tell you that was a goodie? Um, yeah, I, I'm sure by now you are feeling all warm and friendly and and good and positive about life and the universe and and all that all that entails. Definitely get out to see the Parakeet show, which, as I said, it's uh, it's this Thursday in Canterbury and then Friday in Margate. Um, I'm going to put links on the episode description. So yeah, have a click or a tap on those but yeah uh, have a look in the band camp like um gaz was saying you know band camp spotify itunes have a dig they are not hard to find so definitely spend some time with them musically and uh yeah uh keep looking out for their shows and performances and just yeah give them a, give them a follow they're super lovely with this in mind we are at wrapping up point this is a long episode but what a, what a way to what a way to while away two hours, eh? This is this is good stuff. I hope, I hope it's been a nice one for you. Um, uh, sorry, I'm not at the sea, developing frostbite and hypothermia. Oh, I know it's not that cold, but yeah. Uh, hopefully next time I'll I'll find a way to to weave in and out of the uh, the tides and uh, deliver you the buddies buddies intro and outro that you deserve and should certainly be getting as i said the cup of tea was there the means to make it were there i i'm sorry i took the easy way out 
but next week things things are looking good for a for a, an alfresco recording so let's hope that happens and in the meantime uh stay safe stay warm send somebody a, a postcard or a handwritten letter why not um find somebody on a landline see if you can remember their phone number that's a test i was trying to do that today i was trying to remember a phone number and uh, i think i've got three numbers memorized i used to have an entire phone book in my head back in the days of the nokia 3310 um that came out and then that part of my brain started to deteriorate so yeah give that a go um i will see you next friday with any luck and uh I, I'm I'm gonna try and sort of sum up a bit of news about what uh, my plans are with the podcast too. It involves seasons, so that's on the cards. Exciting, in it. I like to leave these things on a cliffhanger. Regular uh, succession episode over here. God damn it! Don't even get me started on succession. I've been killing that recently. Anyway, that's another story. Speak to you soon. Have a lovely week and weekend. Uh, Fill it full of nice things and uh, big ups and salutes to you and yours. Uh, Signing out. Buddy peace for buddies buddies. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.